is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch because we know when we add up all those inches, that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. It's down to the wire with, with, with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. Oh, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Down to the Wire. We are live every single day from, well, actually, it used to be every single day. Every single Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at night. As you know, you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can call us at one 877 And you can follow us on all our social media. How do you do that? All you have to do is do this. You can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We're all over the social media markets. Follow us on every aspect of the social media market. So, Speedy Petey, what are you doing, man? I, I, I haven't heard from you all weekend. I don't, I, you're probably hanging out with your family. I was. Yeah. What were you doing this weekend? Mainly just watching football, did a little shopping, and that was it. Mikey C., were you hanging out with your son this weekend? Yeah, I had him for the weekend again. Um, Sports? Well, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, actually, yes. Saturday was his last soccer game, so thank God. Did they fun. win? No, his soccer team is really not that good. His baseball team is really good. Yeah, but he's probably the best player on his soccer team. He's actually... He's one of them. He's um, terrible at baseball, but correct. he's pretty good at soccer. Correct. Interesting. Low yeah. body coordination. But at soccer, I, I was never into soccer. I, as a kid, the two sports I never played varsity in, I never even played junior varsity in lacrosse and soccer. I even tried tennis one year. My senior year of high school, I tried tennis. I was actually pretty good. I was second in singles, and I think I was second or third in doubles, which is pretty damn good for a guy that's never played tennis in their complete life. So, that's interesting. You weren't good at lacrosse because it's very similar conceptually to com- hockey. Completely different. Completely different. Well, yeah, it's ice versus grass. I know that. Well, still. that's not even it. you, you got to catch a ball and you have to throw a ball. You, know, you have to catch it in a net, twist it around, and try to throw it and run using angles. It, hockey's different. It's, it's really using your edges and moving around and sharing a puck and being a team player. It's, lacrosse could be a single man's game. It's different. No, it's, it's completely no, it different. Is, it's just interesting because I knew a lot of people that were both those sports. So. Yeah, it, it's completely different. It really is. But we have a lot of sports to talk about today, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this Colin Kaepernick situation, how the NFL is trying to draw uh, the community of press and, and trying to draw. And I said this uh, last Thursday on Below the Mic. I think the NFL is trying to draw um, – Different publicity. It's a publicity stunt bringing Colin Kaepernick and trying to train and, and practice with these NFL teams. 11 NFL teams, 12 NFL teams were there over the weekend, and Colin Kaepernick did not look good. And what Colin Kaepernick said over the weekend really twists what you think of the NFL. And to me, I think the NFL is all about money, and it's not anything about it, it's not anything about professionalism anymore. Goodell is trying to find a way to draw the crowd, draw people to 
buy his product, and his product is good. I'm not saying the product is bad, but the product is slowly disintegrated. It's not what it was. Look at the numbers. I said it on Thursday. The numbers are not good for the NFL. Last year's Super Bowl was, the numbers were down three points, 3.5 points, which is terrible for a Super Bowl. So, again, the NFL is trying to find a story, and Colin Kaepernick is the story. But I don't even want to get into that first. I want to get into yesterday, the New York Jets. I know we're here in New York, and I know a lot of people say, well, you're a Jet fan. That's why you want to talk about the Jets. No. I want to talk about the Jets because I saw some good things of the Jets yesterday, and I saw some bad things with the Jets yesterday. The good things I saw with the Jets yesterday is finally they're figuring out how to protect the kid. And this has been a problem all season long. Even with the mono situation, him being out a couple of weeks with his, his, his foot situation, his leg situation, this is a guy that can't stay on the field. This is, this is a problem with the Jets have for quarterbacks year in and year out for the last, I don't know, 25, 30 years. This has been the problem with the New York Jets, is protecting the quarterback. And, and the Jets in the, the 2000 era, they, they had guys like Mangle and Ferguson, guys that were all pro players, uh, pro ball players, every single year. The problem with the Jets right now is strictly there's no pass rush. They don't have any good corners. And I don't want to hear about Johnson because he's going to be gone next year. And they have no offensive line. This has been the problem for the Jets. Offensive line has not been a problem for the Jets. It's only been a problem for the Jets for probably the last nine or ten years. The Jets have had a pretty good uh, uh, um, offensive line when they had Mangle and Ferguson in the stages that they had it. They had Fanica. They had good offensive lines. The problem with the Jets right now is protecting the kid and making sure that kid could stay on his feet where he can release the ball and get the ball to the players that he can't really throw to because they don't have any players to throw to. Robbie Anderson has pot hands. I've been saying this over and over again. Yes, he averages about six or seven touchdowns a year, and, and, and the last couple of seasons he's averaged about right. 750, 800 yards. Streaky big play threat. But the guy can't catch in the big part of the game, and that's been a problem for the New York Jets. They brought in Thomas. He's a washed-up wide receiver who was good for five or six years. He was top of his game when he was playing for the Broncos. He went to the Patriots. He, he played a couple of preseason games, with, uh, one preseason game with the Patriots, and he, they traded him to the Jets for a six-round draft pick. And Demarius Thomas has looked okay with the Jets. Herndon, with his injuries, this guy can't stay on the field. Do, do I think he has talent? The little bit we saw of him last year, five touchdowns, 560-something yards, he looked good. The problem with Herndon right now is injuries. And this has been the problem for the Jets as far as their talent is concerned for years. They brought C.J. Mosley in, $86 million contract, highest paid middle linebacker in all of football, and the guy can't stay on the field. He played the first game, dominated the first game. Got hurt. He was out for the last fourth quarter. They lost the game. They were up 16 to nothing, and Buffalo came back, and they won the game. Cesar Mosley came back for one game, got injured. Same problem. He's out for the season, practically. Adam Gase. Enough said with Adam Gase. Adam Gase has not looked good as a head coach for the New York Jets. I don't want to hear from the Jet fans, well, you know, they don't have any offensive players. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. Now, is Le'Veon Bell the same player he once was with Pittsburgh? He's been out for practically a year and a half. Right, this is supposed to be a rust year for him. A year and a half, and this is the only year he's going to be a Jet, because the Jets are going to move him in the offseason. Really? And he, yes, absolutely going to move him. 
Why are you going to keep a guy that's going to be 28 years old, going to be 29 next season, and he's on the ends of his career? I really believe that. And here's another problem. I don't know, even, if, even in the offseason, are they going to bring enough offensive line help that will be available for them to give the holes for Le'Veon Bell? I don't know about that. I think if the Jets trade Le'Veon Bell right now, you can get a second, maybe a third-round draft pick, and move on from Le'Veon Bell. You can find a rookie running back in the draft. The problem is there's not a lot of teams that need running backs, so I don't know if anyone would dish out a second-round pick. Again, Speedy, we don't know what other teams are going to be looking at Le'Veon Bell and his worth. We don't know that the Washington Redskins might be interested in him. We don't know if the Texans would be interested in him and giving up a second-round draft pick. Hey, the Texans gave up, what, two first-round draft picks? For an offensive lineman right. that hasn't looked good. Right. I don't, know, I don't know if they have any picks left to give. <laughs> well, they have second-round draft picks. What I saw yesterday was a quarterback that had time to throw the ball. I saw that a quarterback that wasn't afraid to stand in the pocket and move out of the pocket and make the plays that he needed to make to get it to the players that he needed to. You see guys like Griffin who... I don't know much about some of the players on the field. I have no idea who they are. I mean, I know who they are as players, but they're not players. They're not named players. That's going to be Joe Douglas's expertise in the offseason. He's going to have to find players in the draft that you can build. And I'm talking about wide receiving help, cornerback help, offensive line help, and get rid of players, open up salary room where you, they moved Leonard Williams, which is going to open up at least 20, 20 to $18 million because he wanted, I, I, what I was hearing, he was looking for an 86, 89, possibly a $90 million contract. Leonard Williams is not that type of player. No. And he had a chance to prove it with the Jets this year. He didn't. And look at the Jets. Since Leonard Williams has been traded, the Jets have seven sacks, seven and a half sacks in two and a half weeks without Leonard Williams. Now, I'm not saying Leonard Williams was the full problem with that defense. Yeah, I would also judge your play in the Giants and Redskins offensive lines, too. <laughs> but ever since Leonard Williams was traded, they're using Jamal Adams more in the blitz packages. They're moving him on the side. They're moving him on the edges. This is the new day of age for running, uh, as far as defenses are concerned. You're bringing in safeties. You're bringing in corners. You're, you're causing havoc in the middle of the field. If your pass rushers can't get in the middle of the field to the quarterback, you have to use the edges. And the Jets don't have a proper pass rush to get to these quarterbacks. And we're going to get into the young quarterbacks and the running quarterbacks that we're seeing, the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays. That's going to be a story by itself of what the NFL is changing into. Everybody believes the NFL is all about pocket quarterback presence. It's not like that anymore. The game has changed. The rules have changed. The rules have changed for the quarterback. The rules have changed for the wide receivers. They have not changed for the defenses. The corners can't put their hands on the shoulders. They can't yank on the jerseys anymore. How many times did we see Deion Sanders year in and year out yank? And Deion Sanders was the, the king of doing this. When, he, when a guy would beat him on the outside and move on the inside, he would grab the jersey, the inside of the jersey, yank on it a little bit so he had a little bit of little bit of torque where if the ball was in the air, he would have enough time to time the ball and try to intercept the ball. He did that a lot. Corners can't do that anymore. Safeties can't do that anymore. 
It's moved to an offensive style of game. Yesterday, the Jets played a lousy team with a good pass rush. And what the Jets did yesterday is they solidified the offensive line for this week and protected their young quarterback. Gave Le'Veon Bell a little bit more room to run the ball, which he did a little bit better. And you saw the difference of the offense because of it. You saw a difference in Sam Darnold's confidence. Now, I don't know about you. Ever since the Patriots game when he claimed to see ghosts, he has not been the same quarterback that we saw last year, where in the last five games of the season, he was one of the top three quarterbacks in every single percentage in the league. Everybody thought going into this season, he was going to be even better. He got mono. He was out for five weeks. He came back. Then he got injured again. And now he's back again. The key for the New York Jets is one thing. Protect the franchise. Now, anybody that knows anything about the Jets, knows anything about this organization, they're terrible at protecting their quarterbacks, and they're terrible at drafting their quarterbacks. For the first time in about, in my time, really, in the last 30 years, I think the Jets are right on the money with their quarterback. The question is, can this kid stay healthy for a whole season, and can they protect him? Now, going back into the drafts of Mike McCagney, by the way, I have Donald Trump over here. He's like my uh, squeezy ball over here. So I don't know if you're a Donald Trump fan or you hate Donald Trump. If you hate Donald Trump, I'm squishing him, okay? If you like him, well, he's in my hands. Um, right now, when you look at Mike McCagnin's draft in the last three seasons, there is only four players, four key players on the Jets still. Four. Four of them. And what I mean by key, I'm talking about stars. Guys that you're going to see, hopefully see on this team for many, many years to come. Marcus May, Jamal Adams, Quinn and Williams, Sam Darnold. That's it. I don't want to hear about Jenkins. Jenkins is going to be gone next year. They're not bringing Jenkins back. I don't care how good of a season he has for the rest of the season. Jenkins is not coming back next year. What Douglas is going to do is he's going to try to get rid of players that are not under contract where he can take that money and invest it into offensive line help. That's what he's going to do. Because that's what the Jets need. They need to protect this kid and solve the problem, what really has been the problem for the New York Jets for the last three seasons. And that's protecting the quarterback. Ever since Ferguson and Mangle have left this team, they was have... That, was that all under the Mangini era? Uh, Ferguson and Mango left in the... No, no, when they got drafted. Yeah, it was Mangini. Mangini drafted him. Tannenbaum and Mangini drafted him. And ever since Tannenbaum and Rex Ryan has been gone, which I'll say it over and over again, the Jets should have kept Rex Ryan as a head coach. I don't, want to, I, don't want, I don't care what the press says. I don't care how bad of a, a press guy he is and how clownish he is after the game, and makes the Jets look like a clown organization. He won. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He went to back-to-back AFC title games. When was the last Jet team that you remember went to back-to-back AFC title games? The answer is never. Never. 
This is an organization that has lost year in and year out because of the quarterback play. And even when he went back-to-back years with that defense, they had Mark Sanchez as a quarterback. Mark Sanchez, the same Mark Sanchez that caught, got caught last year with steroids, was suspended. He's been, he's been a journeyman. I think he's played for five different teams ever since the Jets. And just like Pete Carroll said he came into the league too early, he, he, left, the, he left the league very early too. He retired from the league at the age of 28 or 29. Quarterback lifespan in the NFL is now between 35 and 36. Mark Sanchez didn't even have the time to do that because he wasn't that good. Now, what I saw yesterday, and I want to go quickly through this because there's a lot to talk about of, of the games. There were a lot of great games yesterday. The one thing I noticed with the Jets yesterday is the coach actually called the plays that you needed to call in certain aspects of the game where you could say, okay, we, we, we actually know what this guy is actually doing. The last couple of weeks, he has not, looked la- he has not used Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. And what I mean by that, Le'Veon Bell caught the ball more yesterday than he caught the ball all season long. So now... You're seeing a transition of the offense and the defense. Le'Veon Bell's getting used more in different aspects of the game. And Greg Williams is now using Marcus May and Jamal Adams in the open field to use him in blitz packages, which is getting to the quarterback, causing havoc on the edges, and it's giving time for guys like Quinn Williams to get to the quarterback or put some pressure on the quarterback to make the throws. Now, Haskins is horrible. And the Giants have it right. All the Giant fans that wanted Dwayne Haskins, I'm sure you guys are very excited to see what Dwayne Haskins is and what Daniel is. Now, a lot of Giant fans like Mikey C over here did not like the Giants' six-pick. But Daniel Jones has looked like a quality quarterback. He can't hold the ball in his hands. He fumbles the ball a lot, and he's going to have to figure that out. Sam had to figure that out coming from college and dropping the ball as much as he did with USC. He's figured that out, protecting the ball. Daniel Jones has got to figure that out. The guy is accurate. He's got an arm. He can move in and out of the pocket, which the Giants have not had in over, I don't know, I don't even remember the last time the Giants had a running quarterback since, since Jeff Hostetler. The Giants Gino had it, Smith. The Giants, <laughs> the Giants had it right. The Giants had it right. Daniel Jones is a quality quarterback. Could be a franchise quarterback. I think he is a franchise quarterback. We still have to figure it. We have to see what the Giants are going to build around him. We don't know what Shermer's going to be. If Shermer's going to be gone after the season, I think he will be. So we don't know what Daniel Jones is going to have as a coach next year, which is going to help develop him. Just like we didn't know where Sam was going to go, bringing in Adam Gase. Dwayne Haskins looks really bad. A matter of fact, I wouldn't be so surprised if this is a one-and-done year for Dwayne Haskins. I can't see. I can't. Quickly. Yes, I really do believe it. Everything that I've seen with Dwayne Haskins, one, and I, and I love what Sam Donald said after the game when he walked up to Dwayne Haskins. He, he mentioned it at, a, at the press conference. He says, I had the same problems you did last year. You'll figure things out. You'll be a better quarterback. 
Dwayne Haskins is nowhere close to what Sam Donald was even in the beginning of the season last year. He's not even close. He looks like a deer in the, what, what is it? The deer in the headlights that you say? He looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. But doesn't he get some of the leeways that guys like Sam Darnold and Josh Allen got last year? No, because Crappy I think... Crappy offensive line, horrible receivers. Doesn't he get that I don't think he's too? got a horrible receiver. Yes, he does. He's, he's, only, got, he's only got one. He's, he's got, got one receiver. And who, and who the Jets have? Who did the Jets have last year as a wide receiver? They got pro bowler Robbie Anderson. Uh, Robbie <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. They, they got the, awesome Washington, Washington has better weapons right now than the Jets had last year. And that's not saying much because the Jets didn't have any weapons. Dwayne Haskins does not look good. Jets that's last a- year had a better offensive line than, than the Washington does. This no, year. no, I wouldn't didn't. say that. No, I they didn't. Say that. No, but, they didn't. But the thing they is, were ranked 26. Trent Williams has not even played the whole year. They're right. And isn't he a Pro Bowl left tackle? They were ranked. Yes, yes. They were, they were ranked. Morgan Moses and Brandon Scherf are still better than anyone the Jets have. <laughs> right now. Last year, Jets' offensive line wasn't as bad as it 27, is. 26 or 27th in the league no, in football. It, and talent-wise, again, like I said, Moses and Scherf. Their offensive line was not good last year, Mike. Are still no, I didn't terrible say it was great. They were terrible. Said, they were terrible, Mike. Okay. They were terrible. The Absolutely Redskins terrible. offensive line is definitely down, and that's probably something Haskins wasn't used to because they probably weren't expecting what happened to Williams to happen to Williams. But still, it's still a lot better than what the Jets had. Now, the reason I say that is because I think Washington's receiving depth is right now the worst in the league. Now, they've gotten lucky with the way McLaurin has played. He's been surprisingly, surprisingly good, but all the he tight looks end, like a good player. All the tight end injuries they had, all the running back injuries that they had, he doesn't really have anything else. So I mean, because they that's were, why I say it's they were somewhat, winning with Alex Smith, a somewhat similar circumstance. Okay, if it was similar, if you think it's a similar circumstance, Sam Donald still looked better. Sam Donald looked a lot better than Dwayne Haskins has looked in the three games that he's played. He has not looked good. Even against the Jets, the touchdowns that he threw, the Jets practically gave it to him. He didn't make those throws where the Jets, there was a guy on him and he made a perfect throw. You haven't seen that with Dwayne Haskins. You haven't seen. He, he, he has not been a quality quarterback in the three games that we've seen Dwayne Haskins. But to give up on after one year with these I, circumstances? Right now, because right now the Redskins are going to bring in a new coach. That's what's going to happen. And the new coach could say, you know what? I don't like Dwayne Haskins. He's not the quarterback of the future of mine, just like Rosen. Josh Rosen is done. Josh Rosen is right, done. But doesn't he have the same circumstances? I, and you're too? the one that said Josh Rosen is going to be good. He's going to be good. Yeah, but he's had the same Josh circumstances. Josh Rosen stinks. Josh Rosen stinks. He's playing for a team that's tanking. Okay, they're tanking, but they've won two games. They have just as – they had at, 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 last yesterday, they had just as much wins as the Jets did. Okay, and the Jets, the Jets weren't taking. They beat the Jets. So, so, so what? what? So, what? so what? Josh Rosen got beaten out by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan well, Fitzpatrick. See, my whole thing about Josh Rosen, which I said from the very beginning, I don't think he's fully committed of playing. No, I think he's fully committed. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's that good. No, I said I don't think he was that good from the way. And everybody said, oh, no, he's got the best arm in the he draft. He did. He did have the best arm in the and draft. I, I, he did. I don't go by that. I go by what's between the ears and what he have as a heart. And I didn't really see anything. Right, but you, you, here's the other thing, too. You, you claim that you don't want the Jets to switch all these coaches up for Sam Darnold. Josh Rosen has to not only switch coaches, but switch teams twice in two years. You don't think that has something to do with anything? Josh Rosen, is also the, Josh Rosen was also the one guy that went up after the draft, drafted at nine from Arizona, and said, 
all you guys that passed up on me are going to regret it. Okay. That's okay. what he said. Everybody and then, says that. And, and then, no, no, he said no, it. I Nobody mean, goes up there and says that, Mike. Players, says that at the draft. There's and certain attacks. athletes in certain sports that say certain things like that. And He said he was ridiculous. the best quarterback in the draft. Come on, everybody thought uh, this year Mayfield was going to be MVP candidate. That Vegas, who said that? That Vegas actually gave money back to the people who voted for that him. That was Trubisky, MVP. not Mayfield. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. But, but Mayfield, you know, every, well, everybody thought Mayfield was going to have a great season with all the weapons. There's just a lot of factors. I mean, Rosen, I Rosen Still, opens his mouth. He opened his mouth. And, I, and to me, to me, just looking at the situation. To be fair with Rosen, he hasn't really gotten, you know, a really good offensive line or a coach. Terrible offensive line. Hey, Mike. Offensive. Hey, Mike. Either, I'm, listen, either I didn't like as Sam I'm Darnold. But Sam Darnold's Sam, a mobile quarterback. There's a difference. Josh Rosen's not. That's not an excuse, Speedy. That is not an excuse. You're a quarterback that comes out and takes a shot at every single quarterback that was drafted in that draft. Taking shots at Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Lamar Jackson. And by the way. Lamar Jackson didn't go before him. What I. I know that. He took a shot at every single quarterback drafted in the first round. He says he's the best quarterback in that draft. He went up there and said, I'm the best quarterback in this draft, and I'm going to prove it to everybody, and everybody's going to regret whoever passed up on me not drafting me. And now he's been on two teams in two years, and now people are saying that Miami is going to drop him, and he might not even be signed next year by any team. That That stint of being an NFL quarterback might be over for him. Maybe he should go play professional tennis. He was probably a better professional tennis player than he was a college, a college quarterback. But what good sample has he had to judge with? Arizona had, a, like Mike was saying, a shitty offensive line and a, a David Johnson that wow, was Wow, did you hear him curse? Have you ever heard Speedy curse on the show? It's a shitty. Yeah. It's not really a curse. It is a curse. It's a bowel movement. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, he had a, a, a David Johnson that was injured, a, le- a best receiver who's 36 years old. I mean, in Arizona and a terrible coaching staff. Then he goes to Miami to a team that's tanked. Speedy, you, you, you know what? You know what the problem with you? And we got to go to break. You know what the problem with you? And I can't stand it when you do this. You do this all the time with players. When you like a player. I didn't like Dwayne Haskins. You, I'm doing no, the same thing for no, him. No, you're not. You, you love. Did I not just you defend love Dwayne Haskins? Josh, I'm not talking about James, Dwayne Haskins. I'm talking about Josh Rosen. Every time you said this year, Washington, Washington's going to be a good team this year. I said you a said, good defense. Yeah, their defense, their defense stinks. Their front seven. Their good, defense their stinks. stinks. Their defense stinks, Speedy. It stinks. Where is their defense ranked right now in the league? I don't know. But uh, I'll tell you where they are. In the, the middle of the last pack of teams right I, now. I think they're, they're 25th second, or 26th. Right, their secondary stinks, and their offense stinks, so their defense gets tired, too. Oh, get out of here, Speedy. Always an excuse. And Josh Rosen is done. You okay. were wrong about Josh Rosen. You were wrong. Josh Rosen is not an NFL quarterback. Right. A matter of fact. Name any quarterback fact, that would succeed in those circumstances right now. Sam Donald. Sam Darnold would succeed I mean, with Sam Donald's Miami been doing and, it. and Arizona. Sam Donald's doing it right now with the Jets. Look at who he has to throw to. Look at the offensive line. None of those guys are going to be there next year. None of them. Okay. None of them. Am I saying Josh Rosen's better? Uh, no. I'm saying that you just sell me. You just asked me what quarterback is in that same situation. I just gave you right. Sam Donald. And did I say? And now Josh you make Ro- another right. excuse. Did I say Josh Rosen was better? No. I already. I, I'm not saying that. When he, I saw Sam Donald play, I, I surrendered. That's that not already. what you asked me. You just asked me what quarterback is in the same situation Josh Rosen is. I just gave you Sam Donald, and now you're. Building around, right? You're arguing around it. I just said Sam Darnold. So if Sam, so D- give me an argument right, on this on. one. So if you, you got to go to break. If you said Sam Darnold 
is good, has the potential to be great, which mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. So Josh Rosen is good. below that. I don't know about so he's great still yet. good. So if Josh Rosen has good circumstances and he gets upgraded to that, he's still behind Sam Darnold. Okay, and I surrender that. But he still could be a good starting quarterback in better circumstances. Same thing like we were saying with Josh Allen and Dwayne Haskins. I'm not defending him just because I like him. I, I gave the same leeway to Dwayne Haskins. I'll even give the same leeway to Daniel Jones. Just because I like a guy. I, if, Washington gets, if Washington gets a top three pick, I will guarantee you they draft a quarterback in this year's draft. They have to take a receiver. Stop. They are going to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. And that would look terrible I, for the franchise. Well, I, I, that's fine. Recycling quarterbacks their GM, is bad. Their GM stinks. Look at the Browns. Their GM stinks. Washington. I, I know that. I'm just everybody saying. Bring, everybody blames the owner. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Everybody blames the owner. The owner. Dan owner, Snyder's a terrible the, owner, too. And I, Again, I'm going to argue it. The owner opens up his pockets, okay? The GM is the one that's the one that's dishing out the money yeah, where he wants to dish it. No, yeah, but what? Dan a Snyder bad owner is a bad unrealistic owner. Contracts. A bad owner, unrealistic contracts. Really? It's the GM that's making the contracts. All right, name any other it's team. It's the GM. Oh, name any other team that would have given given Landon Collins that contract. You you know the owner has to approve every time. Yes, of he does. And you know who's the one. And you know who's making the deals. The GM. So if the owner's making the 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 first of all the owner the owner picks the GM. All the management picks the GM that you want. The coach, if the coach right. is there or the owner's there, you pick the GM. Now, you pick the GM. You expect the GM to make the right choices. If you believe in that GM, you're going to do whatever that GM tells you to do. You're not a football mind. Dan Schneider has proven he's not a football mind. So he has to trust in the GM to make the right move. Right, but him giving $10 million more than the market is not, is not the GM's fault. Never mind. Uh, let's go to a break. One eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. Speedy, you can beat around the bush all you want. You're completely wrong about this, and I don't care what you say about the GM uh, as far as the ownerships in the leagues, because to me, it does ha- has no bearing from the GM making the choices on where he wants to go in free agency and where he wants to draft. It has nothing to do with it. No bearing whatsoever. It's the scouting and it's the GM. That's it. I don't care how bad everybody says James Dolan is a terrible owner. He opens up his pockets. He opens it. It's all up to the GM and the coach to make the right decisions. Build the roster. It is the GM. That's it. one 877 When we come back, we'll get in more into week number week 11 in the NFL when we come back. This is Down to the Wire, and we'll be back after this. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, Down to, to the, the Wire. wire. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 9977 is the number to call. And as you guys know, you can follow us and check out all our shows by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. We have our first call of the day. Welcome to Down to the Wire. Who are we speaking to? Mikey C. Happy Victory I told Monday, you. buddy. All right. <laughs> told you it was Jeff. Totally agree, man. Totally told agree. Told you it was Jeff. Happy Victory Monday, Mike. What a day. What a day. I know, right? Can't get any better. It's, it's good to see Errol has strapped on his clown shoes for more uh, hot cakes. Sam Darnold's the best quarterback of the bunch. What a dummy. I, I didn't say that. Are you listening to the show or are you just lost? Because it, it seems to be that maybe you're lost in the clown shoes and you're hiding behind a deck or something. Because to me, you're not listening to the show. I didn't say Dude, Sam Donald. I did not say not Sam Donald. I did not say Sam Donald was the best quarterback of the bunch. I did not say that. Did not say that. I said can, that Josh Rosen is not the quarterback. He says he is. He's not. 
I mean, how 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 can we judge? Like, oh, you might be right. I'm not saying that you're wrong. How can we judge that? He's playing for the Cardinals, who are abysmal, and the the Dolphins, who are actively trying to lose. Trying to lose. That's why they tried to win yesterday, and they won two games in a row. And and Sam Donald, who's Sam Donald playing with? Who is Sam Donald playing with? Look at that offensive line. You you've watched it. That offensive line stinks. It they're, stinks. They're better than Miami. Get out of here. No, they're not. No, they, they lost against Miami. They lost against Miami. How are they better than Miami? Please. Even the sun shines on the dog's ass once in a while. I, Miami's got nothing, man. Miami's got nothing. And neither do the Jets. Who do the Jets have? Who does, well, Sam, they, 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 who does Sam throw? By the way, how many touchdowns did Sam throw, to, uh, throw last, yesterday? Four touchdowns? Right? Four touchdowns, one interception? Okay. Who did he throw those touchdowns to? Give me the names. Well, give me the names. Regardless of who, Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. That's one. Okay. Who, who's be, right? Did he throw one to Robbie Anderson? Yes. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I, he threw one to like a backup tight end. I right. Think. I don't Ryan know Griffin. Mm-hmm. Tight. He but threw two to, two to Ryan Griffin. Okay. But but regardless, Jamison Crowder and Robbie Anderson, as not good as they are, is better than anything Miami's working with. Robbie Anderson stinks. And we all know that. You've made your, your own thoughts to Robbie Anderson every single show that you call up. You think he stinks. But are they better than what Miami's working with? Actually, besides Alan Hearns, yeah. I, I think, think Alan Hearns I is think, still better. I think Alan Hearns is better than both, both guys. Crowder but he's and... All, the thing with him is he's also coming off a bad injury, too. That's though. fine. But, yeah, that's probably the only one, though. Crowder's been fighting injury for the last two years. Coming off a bad injury. He missed almost the whole season last year. And not for nothing... It's great to be like, oh, the receivers aren't there. Le'Veon Bell is still the best weapon either one of those teams has. That's fine. So there would be an, there would be an advantage there, no? Yeah, but it hasn't looked like an advantage because the offensive line stinks. It stinks. I will tell you this, Jeff. There will be not one offensive lineman that is on that roster right now on that team next year. Not one. Not one. Winters, all of them are gone. All of them. They're going to completely redo that offensive line in the offseason. Joe Douglas isn't going to – half those guys, they're not even going to make an, an NFL team next year. Half of those guys. Snell's not going to make that team. Shell, whatever his name is, he's not making the team next year. He's a free agent. They're not bringing him back. They're not bringing back any of these guys. They're terrible. I, don't, I want to get oh, off Ryan, the Jets. I want to get into Ryan the – I want to uh, – Ryan Please. Well, he's on IR. Hold on, hold on. No, he's hold on, on IR now. You, you, tout, you touted how good Ryan yeah. Khalil was. I did. I did. Coming out of retirement. First of all, Ryan, Khalil, for Ryan, Khalil, Ryan Khalil played 13 games last, yesterday, last year. Where was he ranked out of all the centers in the league? You can't do that. You can't Where do that. Where was he ranked? He missed OTAs and he missed all the practices. That's why. You're gonna, and you're gonna, I'm you hearing Gronk might exactly come back. I'm hearing Gronk might come back. What do you think Gronk's going to be when he comes back? That's not happening. He's doing, just, it's a promotion for CBD oil. Stop it already. I, I don't know. This is what people are saying. If Gronk comes no back, what do you think Gronk said? No one's saying that. Everybody on social media has come out and said, oh, I wonder what Gronk's going to, uh, uh, what he's going to promote tomorrow when he comes out on Twitter or wherever he's going to come out, Instagram, stating whatever he's going to state. Everybody, including you and Mikey C, a couple of months ago. I said, still think he's coming back. Saying that Gronk's going to come back. I, I what do you think Gronk's going to be if he comes back? You think he's going to be the same player? Get out of here. He lost 25 he pounds. 
dude, he wasn't the same player his last year there anyways. You're, you guys are, like, reminiscent and thinking of, like, the dominant Gronk from, like, three years ago. No, his I'm not last, reminiscing last on year. anything. I'm not reminiscing I mean, on anything. He, he wasn't the same player even last year. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous to do that. By the this way. going to be a promotion for CBD oil. By the way, I think you're going to love this. I was coming over here. I was driving over here, and I was talking to the Beeb, and the Beeb said, the Beeb said that... Dak Prescott is going to break 500,000 yards this year. And I said, what? 500,000 yards? yards. And he says, you know what I meant. You know what I meant, 5,000 yards. No, you said 500,000 yards. So what do you think about that? Beef says he's going to kill me if I mention it on radio. So what do you think about that? He's an idiot anyways. Like, you wear the clown shoes and he has the red nose. It's a big deal, dude. You know what I'm saying? The like, only, the only person mean, that's wearing the clown shoes is the, the, the little soaked up little body body water tub that you're swimming in right now, okay? That's the only, that's the only thing you're going to be wearing. Terrible comeback. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. That's good. Wearing clown shoes, that's not, even, that's not even stating anything that you're talking about. We're talking about the Jets, and we're going into Dallas, and you're talking about clown shoes. Hey, Jeff, why don't you talk about something that we're talking about here? I'm going into the games right now. You can clown stay on if you want. You can talk terrible. if you want, but talk about what we're talking about. Don't talk about the stupid things that come out of your mouth. Either that or you go swim in your tub and shut up. <laughs> Whatever you say, clown shoes. Mm-hmm. You go from the heckler to the clown feet. You're an idiot. That's I what mean, you it's are. Just, it's just, you know, it's just so, you know, it's funny that B would even say something like that because, you know, it, it, he was touting how good Dak Prescott was. Well, he says he's better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> right. He was doing all of that. How did Dak Prescott do against any good team this year? Any one of them. I guess Awful. not good. I guess not good. Awful. No, because all of his stats came against Miami and uh, who else? Who, uh, Washington. The Giants. The Giants, the Giants twice. Right. 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 Giants twice. And they were all like all over him on how, on how they loved him and how good he was. Then when he started to play teams that were halfway decent, he was terrible. Terrible. So it's like. He can say whatever he wants. That team is going nowhere with a quarterback that can't beat a halfway decent team. What's al- That's the reality of it. What's team. alarming with the Cowboys right now is Ezekiel Elliott is a shell of himself. He, he really does not look like the player he was the last three years, and I think it had a lot to do with missing the whole off-season workouts and all the stuff that he's missed. Ezekiel Elliott yesterday had 16 carries for 45 yards, one touchdown, averaging 2.8 a carry. That's not good. That's not right, good. He's the, he's the same running back that's better than Barry Sanders and, and so much better than Saquon Barkley. Well, that's he, what that kid does. Well, he didn't say he was better than Barry Sanders. He said that if he played behind the same offensive line Barry Sanders played all those years, he'd run the ball just as well, which I thought so was that, crazy. So what does that tell you? He's I, saying that he's better than Barry Sanders. I don't know Come what on. it tells you. I don't know what it tells me or tells you or anything. It is a little right. ludicrous. It is a little, little ludicrous. I mean, It's not a little ludicrous. <laughs> But going into the game yesterday with the Dallas Cowboys, and I watched bits and pieces of this game, Dak Prescott had a good game. You know what? Because I'm a football fan, and I want to watch what, you know, when you're watching both teams, and I want to see what the Lions are doing, because, again, I do believe Matthew Stafford will be gone in the offseason. I really do. But I'm looking at this game, this particular game yesterday, and the Lions had a chance to win this game. They did. Right, with Jeff Driscoll. What happened? I'm sorry? Yeah. Right, with Jeff Driscoll. Can you imagine what would have happened if Matthew Stafford actually played? Uh, They would have won. Mm -hmm. They would have won the last two games. 
And that's, right, that's what this Cowboys team is. Go and look how they won the division last year. Alex Smith had to fall down and die for the Cowboys to win the division last year, right? And now the Cowboys are plowing through terrible teams. They don't have a single quality win. And everyone's like, oh, I love this Cowboys team. They're trash. Their fans are trash. Their owner's trash. Their fans are trash. Uh, their fans are trash. Like, it's just terrible. I, I, I also look at this game, and I, I look at the coaching in this game. And as much as I don't think it's Garrett's fault on certain games that they're losing, the play calling in the fourth quarter was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous in the fourth quarter. But that's their genius play caller that they brought in. That's uh, Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the alarming thing with the Cowboys. If they do that against a good team, they would have gotten killed in the fourth quarter. Killed in the fourth quarter. And I think that you look at what we saw yesterday, it was an embarrassment in the fourth quarter for the Cowboys defensively. And as much as the Beef thought that Dak Prescott had a great game against a terrible, terrible team without Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott plays against his talent. That's what he that's what he did. He played against his talent and he beat his talent because his talent isn't that good. The talent against what he's playing against is not good. Yeah, the Lions secondary depth after Darius Slay is horrible. So to me, what I saw yesterday was Ezekiel Elliott, again, has a bad week. Ezekiel Elliott has had two good weeks in the whole season. Two. And we're in week 11. And I know he has 800 and some yards. He's going to break 1,000 yards this year. Me and you could break 1,000 yards this year with the way the league is transformed. Me and you. And that offensive line is not bad. It's not a bad offensive line. The Cowboys' offensive line is, is still talented. So... As much as the Beav wants to brag about his team winning this game and that they have a chance to win that division, I'll tell you right now, Philadelphia is getting healthier, and, and, and it could have won that game against the Patriots. That was a very close game. That was a very, they totally could have. That was a very close game. I still think the Philadelphia Eagles are the best, by far the best team in this division. And Go I, and look at the schedules. I've done this before. Go and look at the schedule. The, the Eagles have Washington and then the Giants twice. Right. And then they play the Cowboys, right? Their like only the hard Eagles, game the is the Seahawks. Right, that's it. That's all that's left for them is the Seahawks. That's it, right? The Cowboys are not making the playoffs. The Eagles are going to beat those bad teams and ensure that, that Dak Prescott doesn't see the playoffs. Drew Brees had a good game yesterday. And I'll tell you this. I, I look at the Saints, and they don't – and Michael Thomas looks like he's an all-world wide receiver. He's gonna, he's, he could break records this year. Fine. This team has not looked as good as they did year in and year out the last couple of years. I would say, though, their defense playing without Marshawn Lattimore looked really good against a good receiving core with the Buccaneers. No question. And, and Tampa, Tampa has looked good the last couple of weeks. They really have. Yeah. And they've been in every single game. And Bruce Arians is a very good coach. But I'm sorry. I watched the bits and pieces of this game yesterday again. And even though Drew Brees had a good game, and not a great game, 28 for 35, 228 yards, three touchdowns, it's, it's a good game. He didn't throw 400 yards. But in the NFL, you don't have to throw 400 yards to have good games. What, what is alarming to me right now with this team is their offense in certain aspects of the game. Kamara had a decent game, not a great game. 
I mean, he ran 5.8 yards for 15 for 13 carries, 75 yards. He's had over 100 scrimmage yards though in that game. That's fine. Which it, let, let's put this in perspective. This is the same Buccaneers defense that held Christian McCaffrey to 57 scrimmage yards in a game. Uh, I understand that. I it's still alarming to me on, on certain parts of this game where they're not doing the things that they did last year. And it's alarming to me because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on a good team. They scored 17 Damn. points. Yes, they didn't have Lattimore. One player doesn't change a defense. You need a defense to change a defense. Right, but when you're there's a big drop-off between him and their next best corner, which is probably P.J. Williams. Uh, them being able to play against those receivers that well is, is pretty impressive. Only 17 points allowed, and I think neither of them had 100 yards. What did you think about Minnesota, Jeff? Um... I didn't think it was a very good performance at all. I mean, Minnesota should have really taken care of Denver. I mean, listen, congratulations to them on the comeback. They probably should have lost. Noah Fan had that ball in his hands. But, I mean, you know, I, sometimes you lay eggs. You can't, you know, every every week isn't, isn't a spectacular week. I thought it was a good comeback, but there's no way that game should have been that close. And Kirk Cousins had a good game. He really did. It's in the fourth quarter, right. in the second half of the, second half of the, of the game, Everybody says Kirk Cousins terrible in the second half of games. In the last two weeks, Kirk Cousins has looked really good in the second half of the game. So you can take your shots and Tyler saying that Kirk Cousins is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, which is completely bogus. Kirk Cousins has had a good season. And right now, statistics show you that he's a top seven quarterback in the league again this year. And as much as Minnesota's defense looked horrible in the first half of the game, in the second half, they were un. They were unstoppable. They were getting to the quarterback. They were hitting the quarterback. Allen was getting tossed around. The only thing that scares me is the running quarterback against this team. They have problems stopping a running quarterback. And if Minnesota goes into the playoffs against Seattle or one of these. Yeah, they've always struggled against Seattle. They're going to have they're gonna have problems with these teams because you're going to see Russell Wilson run all over them. They had a problem against Allen when he was running out of the pocket. Besides that, it was an impressive win. And the Broncos. They're, they have lost more games this year in the fourth quarter than any team in football. And that's that's alarming because this team has a chance. This team had a chance this year to possibly make the playoffs with the weak division that they're in. And they completely blew it. That's very bizarre for their defense, too. They've been very good all year. Buffalo and Miami, there's really nothing to say. Miami looked really, really bad. And Buffalo, <clears throat> even though Buffalo looked good at certain parts of the game, again in the fourth quarter, they let Miami come back. You cannot do that. If you expect to be a playoff team, and right now, what are they, 7-3? and 7-3. and three. They have a chance to make the playoffs. You have to put your foot on the necks of the Miami Dolphins. They did not do that in the fourth quarter. And if you do that against a good team in the AFC, and there's not many good teams in the AFC. No, there are. Isn't. Uh, if you do that against Baltimore or New England, you're going to get killed. They still got to play those teams, so. You're going to get killed. Okay, so what I've seen so far, I, it's not impressive. It's been impressive. To see the development of Josh Allen, the scary part is in the fourth in the fourth quarter in the last couple of weeks they have not looked good, and if if they play the, they play this way against some of these good teams in the AFC they're going to lose. Jacksonville and Indianapolis, Indianapolis played a very good game yesterday. The offensive line looked dominant against a very good pass rush. They couldn't get to the quarterback, and Indianapolis had that problem last week protecting the quarterback. This week they didn't. They protected the quarterback against one of the best pass rushes, pass rushing teams in the NFL. So that's saying a lot. And Indianapolis right now, they're on a cusp 
of making the playoffs. Yeah, the they're, 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 they have the same record as the second wild card spot, but the Raiders have the tiebreaker right mm-hmm. now. I don't think the Raiders are going to make it. Even I don't I, either, but I've been very impressed the with The Colts them. are kind of weird, too, though. They're, who are they? They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Texans, and then they, they lose to Miami and Pittsburgh and Oakland. Like, all these teams, like, they should beat. So who are they? We don't know. The surprise of the week, Atlanta again. I don't know what's up with Atlanta, but two weeks in a row. On the road, too. On the road, and they come they come against a very good Carolina team. Christian McCaffrey was running all over everybody. All season long, couldn't run the ball in this game. They completely shut him down. And if you shut Christian McCaffrey down, you saw, you see the the chemistry here. You see the the algebra equation here. You stop McCaffrey, you stop the Carolina Panthers. And they did that yesterday. I was very impressed. Matt Ryan didn't have one of his great games, but what good, I good, not great. Yeah. Yes, well, I was impressed with the running game, and I was impressed of stopping Christian McCaffrey. That's about it. Atlanta is not a good team. They need to rebuild that that defense. That defense looks terrible this year. But in this particular game, they had a good defensive plan against Christian McCaffrey. They stopped him. And we don't know when Cam Newton's coming back. What I'm hearing, Cam Newton might not be back. He's already out for the year. Yeah. So, well, today it came out that he's out for the year. No, I thought they placed him on IR last week. No? No, it came out today. Oh, okay. All right. Houston and Baltimore. I thought this was going to be the game of the week. This was a complete, utter disgrace. Do, and I like I like Watson. Watson did not have a good game. He really didn't. And what I saw was we're watching Lamar Jackson become a star right in front of our eyes. He really is. And I don't. I, I was one of those guys that would take shots at him because I didn't know that his style of game would fit the NFL and his accuracy. And you you were really hard on Lamar I was, Jackson. I was. Yeah. But I've been extremely impressed with this guy. He is absolutely an MVP candidate this year. Even though he's not throwing, the, his yardage is not on the top of the league. His accuracy has been absolutely... Yeah, last yesterday he threw 116. I think his quarterback rating yesterday was. It, it, it's incredible, the transition. Great coaching, great offensive-minded coach, and you're seeing the transition of arguably one of the youngest and talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Here's the thing that impresses me most with him. The mental stability of this guy is out off the charts right now. And look at what they've done against the Patriots, the Texans, and the Seahawks in Seattle. They blew all three of those teams out. And, and what's alarming right now with the San Francisco 49ers, they're playing Green Bay next week on, on Sunday Night Football. And Arizona was in this game. They were in this game. They were winning most of the game. They were in this game. And they could have won this game. San Francisco lost last week. This could have been two games in a row. And this is alarming because Arizona is not a good team. Kyler Murray looks like he's going to be a star. I said it. He I love that game. Yes. I, I like Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be a star in this league. He's going to figure things out. His second year is going to be better than his first year. He's a great running quarterback. He understands how to work the pocket. You saw it yesterday against a good San Francisco defense. This is the best defense in the league. Going into the game, this was the best all-around defense in the league. He ran all over them. He threw all over them. And that's what's alarming to San Francisco. If they think they're going to win... And get to the Super Bowl this year with the way they played against Arizona. They have another thing coming because that was an embarrassment. That was. Look at what the Cardinals have done, though, Harold. They they've lost in the last minute twice to San Francisco. Go and find out how many like last minute losses Arizona has. 
They're a lot better team than people right. think they are. And no, they're, they a are. Good, they're a very good second half team too, which is very impressive. That's that's a lot of credit. Uh, to we don't Kingsbury. know what Kingsbury is, that's, man, but that's a lot half. of credit to him adjusting though too. We'll see. I, right, I, right, but give Kingsbury a year. We're also not, you know, the, the shine has been uh, taken off of Sean McVay there as well. So I mean. Kingsbury might be succeeding now, but give him a year and see how well, much yeah, of a genius fair. people think That's he fair, is. but for a first-year coach, his second-half adjustments are good. And the guy the guy that's making Kingsbury look good is Kyler Murray. That's that's what it is. Kyler Murray is making them look really good, getting rid of Josh Rosen and drafting Kyler Murray as the number one pick. That's what I see. New England and Philadelphia, that was, to me so far, the game of the week. And I'll tell you why I thought it was the game of the week. Because the game was all back and forth, back and forth, defense, versus defense, offense versus offense. The game was close. It came down to the end of the game, and Philadelphia just couldn't produce enough at the end of the game to win the game. They had their chances, but in the at the end of the game, the secondary of the Patriots shut down the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and that was the that was really the game. Did Tom Brady have a good game? He didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't have a good game. They shut him down. The, what, had, what, what the Patriots did well in the game in – Certain aspects of the game, when the game was on the line, they shut down Carlson Wentz in that offense. And that was the impressive. And they had a chance at the end of the game to win the game, and they just couldn't get over the hump. That was the game of the week. I, in my eyes, I thought it was a fun game to watch. I watched it at 4 o'clock, and I was very impressed with the, the Patriots in, in, the, in, the thought, in the fourth quarter. Because I thought Philadelphia felt Philadelphia was going to come hard on them, and they were going to run the ball right up the gut, and they didn't do that. Early in the game, they ran the ball very, very well against the Patriots. In, right. in the second half of the game, the Patriots shut down their running game. They were so, not afraid to blitz their linebackers, which they sometimes have done in the past, where they just bring four-man rushes. So I that mean, wasn't even in the second half of the game, though. After the dude from the first, the second quarter and the third quarter, the Eagles had a combined twenty-seven yards. Passing and rushing, twenty-seven in the second and third quarter combined. No, they played after the first quarter was over for them. I, I really thought it was the third quarter that really transitioned the game. It really did. I, I thought the dominance happened. I think when I was watching the game, it was like ten minutes in the third quarter, and you just saw the the Patriots were getting to Carlson Wentz. You saw Carlson Wentz forcing the throws, and he made mistakes. Yeah, and that was the that was the game. It was it was in the third quarter. I think it was ten or nine minutes left to the third quarter. That was when the transition started happening. They were putting pressure up the gut. It wasn't even on the edges. It was up the gut, and they were putting pressure on Carson Wentz. And it went, and he was throwing the ball all over the place, forcing the ball in pockets that he shouldn't be forcing the ball. And he made mistakes. I mean, I think I, I think Carson Wentz was seeing ghosts. What do you think, Mikey? See? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think the whole game changed when after halftime, the third quarter. The Patriots went no huddle, and they were able to move the ball, and the Eagles weren't able to adjust as quick enough because that's what capitalized the first score. And then after that, the defense just settled in and pretty much dominated the rest of the game. So to me, it was really the third quarter of going no huddle right off the bat. Well, I don't know about dominance because the Eagles' defense played pretty damn well. No, no I'm talking about how the, the Patriots' defense dominated you know, pretty if, well if you were to ask me, anything. If you were to ask me all around who had the better defense throughout the game, it was Philadelphia. Philadelphia had the better defense throughout the game. But in the importance part of the game, what? yeah, they did. Philadelphia had the bet. Did you just say what? Yeah, I said what? Go look at the stats and go look at what the, go look at the stats. numbers are. Go look at the stats. Go look at total yards for offense. It was ridiculously lopsided for the Patriots. 
the, the Eagles managed to throw two 35-yard passes Hold on. Down Hold on. from their goal line. Hold on. And that was Tom it. Brady was 26 for 47 for 216 yards, no touchdowns. Carlson went 20 for 40, 214 yards for one touchdown. I'm sorry. I'm watching. You're talking about, quote-unquote, the GOAT. And the GOAT didn't have a good well, game. Well, the first time... It was the first time since 1999 that Tom Brady didn't beat the Patriots in passing touchdowns. Oh, God. All right, Jeff, I want to get off the Patriots now. Uh, Chicago and L.A., that to me, that game last night was boring. And what the, the story of that game was Mitchell Trebinsky. at the, In the fourth quarter, and it, this is alarming for a young quarterback. And if you look at his statistics, in the fourth quarter, they were showing, they were comparing him to Watson and um, Mahomes, his statistics aren't that bad. But what we've seen this year has been horrendous. And Trubinsky got pulled, not from injury, and they're, they're saying he's questionable next week. He's not questionable. He's not playing next week. Because what I've seen from Mitch Trubinsky, he needs to sit out for the rest of the season, and the Chicago Bears need to figure out, is he the quarterback of the future? Are you going Are you ready to ride on this guy's coattails next year. This defense is as good as defense as any defense in the league. But here's the problem. If the defense is on the field more than the offense, they're not going to win. And that's what we've seen this year. This defense has been on the field too much. They depend too much on Khalil Mack in the game. And you saw yesterday, the Rams shut down Khalil Mack. You shut down Khalil Mack, and you know what happens? You can't get to the quarterback. You can't get pressure up the middle. And that's what we saw yesterday. Chicago completely got dominated. And the alarming thing to me right now is the coach whispering into his ear. And Mitchell Trapinski, you saw the sopping face that he had in the sidelines. It had nothing to do with injury. And even at the press conference after the other game, at the game, he didn't want to talk about what the coach was talking to him about on the, off the field. And to me, it's alarming. And I like their coach. Their coach is a very talented, offensive-minded coach. It's alarming to me taking him off the field with, what, seven, eight minutes left of the game? That's a scary situation. And you bring Daniels in. Daniels is not that much better than Mitchell Trubinsky this year. So that's alarming. And Cleveland isn't and Pittsburgh. It, isn't it interesting that we talk about McVay and Nagy as these two like offensive breakthroughs, and yet both of their head-to-head matches have been low-scoring games? I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just – it's alarming to me to watch. And I like Mitchell Trubinsky, and I think he – me and Mike loved him in the draft. But it, it, right now, Mitchell Trubinsky does not look like – He's going to make it that long as the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He really doesn't. I could, I could see Chicago in the offseason daggling him and maybe trading him. I, I don't know, but it, it, it doesn't look good for Mitchell Trubisky right now. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Thursday, it was Thursday night football yep. game. I don't really, I, we're going to get into the Miles Garrett when we come back because I have my own thoughts to Miles Garrett and how embarrassing he is to the NFL and how embarrassing. And, and by the way, Players and what uh, organizations and, and fans are writing to get Miles Garrett back on the field, to me, is a disgrace. And if the NFL has any thought to reading those letters and trying to get him back on the field before the season's end, it's ridiculous. What he did last week is a disgrace to the NFL. He could have oh, killed. God. He could have killed that quarterback. He could have killed oh, God. him. Well, oh, God, 280-pound, four guy coming up with a helmet worth five pounds of helmet coming full-fledged at somebody's head. He barely, he barely glimpsed him. 
Let me let me let me ask you an honest question. Go ahead. And, and Mikey, Mikey C. Oh, of course you go to. You'll... Of course you go to Mikey C. He's not reasonable. No, He'll no, disagree no. with no, everything no, no. you say no, because you're both no, idiots. No, because, no, because Mikey C. will will try. Will keep Why? You because he's a front runner. Because he's a front runner. He's a Patriot fan. Let me let me ask you this. Yeah, he shouldn't have swung swung his helmet and hit him in, in the in the head with the helmet. Let me ask you something: Is that any different than what you see in like every training camp in the summer every year? Is it any different? Any you different. see that every year in training camp. Any different? Don't you? Oh, wait a second! You don't see helmets. You see it every oh, no, you you're telling camp. me. Oh, you're telling me. You see this at practice. Somebody's taking off their helmet and coming full-fledged, 280 yeah. pounds yeah. of a man yeah. trying to take your head off with a helmet. That is a crap statement. The Seahawks got That's fine. a crap statement. The That's se- as bad as my Patriots Tom Brady s- scratch on his hand being, bull- you know, scratch saying that was bogus. Scratch on his hand. Oh, yeah. You're trying to justify your idiot take. That's your idiot take. take. That's a crap. No, That's a crap People take, Jeff. That, that is a crap take, Jeff. That's no, a crap no, take, Jeff. Snowflakes like you. I'm gonna give you a snowflake. I'll give you. Go swim in your pool and drown. Go swim in your pool and drown. Jeff, I have a question. Are you trying to? Are you? Is your point that you're trying to make that you know that players swinging helmets usually happens in preseason or training camp? No. The point. The point is this. It happens. Changing his point. Like no, no, no. The point is this. It happens all the time in training camp. No, it doesn't. These people. It does. No, it doesn't. These people. Really? You don't. Whatever. These people coming across going, oh, my God, he should be arrested. That's assault. That is assault. That is assault. What are you? Jeff, if I pick up a brick and I try to hit you with it, is that assault? Is that assault, Jeff? Yes or no? Dude. Is it assault? Is it assault? Yes or no? Is it assault? Yes or no? Answer the question. Was Marty McSorley? That is. God, I'm not even talking about Marty McSorley. Is it assault? Thing. No, it's not. It is not. I, I think, Jeff, I think, you know, I mean, I get what you're saying. If it does happen in training camps or anything like that, it's not being, it's not being, uh, I guess, replayed or shown to make known about it. Sometimes, you know, because sometimes, you know, you're allowed to watch training camps and stuff like that, and sometimes you're not. But I think because it happened in a game, it's disrespecting the other player and disrespecting the game. Training camp is more about each other, which could happen, where tempers could flare and stuff like that. But in a game, there's supposed to be mutual respect once you cross that line. It's supposed to be competition. You know, something like that got blown way out of proportion, and he deserves to be suspended. I think a lot more players should be suspended. But no, right, no. I agree that he deserves to be suspended, but... You want to see how unfair that whole thing was? He got upset. Why did Miles Garrett get upset? And we don't know what off? was said. Because Mason, no, because Mason Rudolph didn't have the respect and was trying to rip his helmet off first. Get out of like, here, Jeff! Right. I mean, by the video, right, it all shows. He's that, a quarterback. I mean, it shows that, and, and too, I get but. it. And you're right. And and I'm not gonna lie. And I'm gonna go with the basis of, hey, you don't know what's said. It's heated in a moment. Uh, Mason Rudolph is probably frustrated, knowing Miles Garrett. You know, he's probably, you know, a trash talker. And obviously the Browns are winning that game, which they had no business technically winning, you know, but they were winning. And the heat of the moment, things happened, tempers fled. And you're right. It showed that at first he tried to take off his helmet. But, I mean, that's a quarterback that really has no business being in the game. So you automatically do it back. 
two wrongs don't make a right. Right, and, and he didn't, he didn't launch anything at, not... at Miles Garrett either. And even if he if ripped he it off, if he, he should have ripped, ripped it off. If he right. threw a punch, you know if he ripped it off and he actually did the same thing, he didn't have to swing it. Right. That's that's not self-defense. That, that's crossing the line. And that's Swing not self-defense at all. If you're going to actually come here, how about, how about this? How about this? I'm going to go outside right now and get a cinder block. Come in here and, and beat Mike with it. Is that assault? Is that assault? It's, Let it's, me do it on live. Totally, Let me do it on live radio, guys. Taking, I'm going to take a brick taking, and beat him on right. the head with it. There's a difference between between the lines and out of lines. Was Marty McSorley arrested for slashing Donald Brashear in the head? No, because it happened during a game. Todd Bertuzzi. Todd Bertuzzi was. Todd Bertuzzi was. Remember that? Was, Remember was that? He was arrested. No, they were thinking about criminal charges. No criminal charges. Were no, released. because the, the, the family, they just sued the family, him for, for the family took the criminal charges away. Right. They didn't want to. They didn't want to go through the criminal charges. But he was arrested after the game. They arrested him. He was arrested. I know that for a fact. I know, I've he, interviewed I know he got sued. Todd Bertuzzi. I've interviewed Todd Bertuzzi I know he got more sued. than once. I don't know about the whole arrest. Aspect. He did get arrested. They didn't press charges. They were thinking about it. Yes, they were, but they didn't press charges. Same thing with Wendell Clark. They were thinking about pressing charges against Wendell Clark. But I guess with certain circumstances in the world of sports back then, nobody really took criminal action. They'd rather just have gone the lawsuit action. And also, too, a lot of things could have been behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about either that doesn't get you know pretty much announced or brought to light. Hey, I, mean, Jeff. I just think that when people are calling for this dude to be like banned from the game, and I don't think he's going. No, he no, shouldn't I, be banned no, for the game. Suspended the rest no, of the season. He's suspended for the season, right. which is pro, and it's, it's appropriate. Right. right. I think he should be suspended for the rest of the season, and if the commissioner sees that there's some intention, he is not sorry for what he did. I'd suspend him for three or four games next year. That's just okay. me. That's fair. That's what. That's me. I don't know if he's sorry. He's not said. Well, I'm, how many, how many he's games? not said. I'm sorry yet. How many games do we have left? Six. Yeah. Six games, seven. yes. Six Six, Wait, seven? seven no? no? Six games. Six games. It's week 12. Six games. It can't, it can't be week 12. It's week 12. It's week 11. It's week 12 yeah, starting next week. Yeah. So the Browns next right. game would yeah, be yeah, in week 12. Yeah. yeah. So six games, yeah, that's fine. And he's going to be, it's a hefty punishment. It's fine. We have to see. That's enough. He hasn't apologized for what he did. He right. didn't. He has not apologized one bit. And, and if I were the NFL right now, I'd come to this situation at the end of the season and sit down with him and say, are you sorry for what you did? If he says no, then I'm suspending him for another three or four games. You know I'm, what? You're not getting paid for another three or four games. Here's the other thing games. that I take into account that maybe, maybe, listen, maybe I'm just underestimating this whole thing, but here's the other thing I take into account. It's Steelers-Browns. There's hate involved. Like, there's hate. Go back to last year's Steelers-Browns game and go watch the play of Antonio Brown fielding a punt and jumping up in the air and drop-kicking the dude trying to tackle him in the face. That was, was five that years a football ago. Play? That was five years uh-huh. ago. No, that was like last year, I think. No, it was five years ago. Five years ago. I right, remember. That's, that's the kind of... That's the kind well, of yeah, it's AFC Brown North football, but there's a difference between that kind of thing and launching your helmet at somebody. He didn't just launch it. He swung with a full baseball swing. Right. That's 280. Jeff, Jeff, it's like like me telling you. It's like me telling you. And we got to go to break, Jeff. So if you want to stay on, we got to go to break. But I'm going to tell you this. It's like you taking a swing with a helmet to Speedy. Okay? Full swing. How much do you weigh? 250 pounds, 240 pounds? And taking it to a kid that weighs 135, 140 pounds soaking wet. Okay? Yeah, but look at Speedy. He's got a very hittable face. Oh, God. 
of course. Right? Like, like when you look at Mason Rudolph, let's be honest about this, right? When you look at Mason Rudolph, doesn't he have that kind of a hateable face like Grayson Allen has? Yeah, it doesn't give him the right to do what he did. Anyways. I mean, Jeff, pretty hateable face. Jeff, we got to go to break, man. All right, guys. Mikey C., always good to talk to you. Very, very good to get back on track with a, with a victory Monday here, bud. It's a pleasure. Always will be. It's always good. May I make sure Errol keeps his clown shoes on with his horrible takes. It's kind of fun. Mm. Yeah, here's my takes. Why don't, why don't you go swim and drown? How's that sound? Mike's reasonable. At least Mike has, like, valid points that he gets across. Valid Clearly points. Valid points. Street. Here's what – listen to me. What you say half the time is so bogus and such a – Crocker, you know what? I don't even know why I sit here and listen to it. But I let you speak. Right, no, I, no, I, I let agree you with speak. You. The cut on Tom Brady's hand was made up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and no, just like, right. and just Apple, like, just Eli like, Apple just like swinging a five-pound full baseball swing at somebody's head is not assault. Goodbye, Jeff. You're right. Eli Goodbye. Apple shouldn't be with his mother Goodbye, in the Jeff. hospital. Goodbye, Jeff. Goodbye, Jeff. She should have been playing Goodbye, Jeff. Goodbye, Jeff. That was Jeff from Tampa in his own little world kissing Mike's ass because he's a front runner and he's a Patriot fan now. So that's all we got to say about that. One eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. I'm sure the beef the beef is going to call back and take a shot at Jeff when we come back. Uh, remember, guys, you can follow us by going to our website at worldwidesportsradio.com. When we come back, we will get into some basketball talk and our thoughts. Not even Miles Garrett because we just talked about. I'm done with Miles Garrett. We're going to talk basketball, and we're going to talk a little baseball when we come back here on Down to the Wire. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Down to the Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 877 is the number to call. As you know, our shows are from 8 o'clock in the morning to 12 o'clock at night, every, usually every Tuesday through Friday. But Mondays, we don't have a late night show and uh, we don't have a morning show. So, But we're working on some new shows, so stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can follow us by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. We're working on an app right now. The app should be up hopefully before the new year. Uh, Apple is really being a pain in you know what, man. I, I, I just I, – every time I talk to the web designer – and I'm talking to him about the app. He keeps telling me Apple keeps giving us problems with uh, transition from the videos to the, the audio. So I, I, I just don't know what's going on. Android has already accepted the app. So we'll see what happens with that. Remember, you can follow us and you can come and watch us live by coming to 150 Motor Parkway, Hopog, New York, every single day. Cafe Ray's here in this wonderful, wonderful cafe, this beautiful building. Come and check us out. Try Ray's. Breakfast Corner, his appetizers, they're delicious, guys. Uh, his coffee's good. Mike loves his coffee. Right, Mike? He's shaking his head. And we have a special guest here today. We have a, a WFAN fan, a Michael K fan, an ESPN fan. And uh, he actually reached out to us a couple of days ago, and uh, he wanted to and come and check out. And now he's an Errol Marks fan. That's right. Is he? Yeah. Oh, well, that's Big nice. Big fan of what you guys are doing here. Thank you so much. And, and, and Steve is here. And, we, and we're happy to have him here. Steve, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you did, in fact, um, reach back to me. And uh, I, like I said, I really like what, I, what, what you guys got going on here, and I wanted to be part of it. So Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh... Well, we're not Mike Francesa yet. <laughs> so that's, that's it. And Mike Francesa probably... It, it, I don't if know you, if you want to be that. Well, but... Mike Francesa probably wouldn't take compliments for good, let me tell you. <laughs> He, he, he has a problem taking compliments, but he'll be doing that on Radio.com for the next three or four years because he just signed a contract with Radio.com. 
And, um, and he'll be I, farting over there. Yeah, he'll be farting and at his house, actually, because that's where he's going to be doing his show, not at WFAN anymore, which is good for him. I, I'm sure I, I like Mike. A lot of people don't like Mike. I like him. I like his show. It's a shame that it didn't work out for a second stint coming back to WFAN. Um, I, I think turnoff has a lot to do with it, and, and I, I see the situation of where it is. And Mike wants to make money, and he's not making money, and WFN doesn't want to pay him what he was making in his last contract. I think he made, I think he had a five or seven year deal worth about $25 million uh, wow. before that contract went up. And then he left, he retired, and he came back, and he was here for not even a year, and now he's leaving in December again, and he's just going to be doing a show, which he hasn't even given us straight times of what he's going to be doing a show on radio.com. So um, he, supposedly, I'm hearing he'll be, he'll be doing a show whenever he wants. So it could be in the morning, could be in the afternoon, it could be at night. So it's very interesting. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what Mike Francesca is going to be doing on Radio.com. But, Steve, I yes, want to get into this New York Knicks thing. And I don't know if you're a Knicks fan. Are you a Knicks fan? I'm a Knicks fan, unfortunately. And, and it is unfortunate. David Fisdale. And, and I, when he was hired, I heard a lot of good stories about him with Miami. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy is a... Jeff Van Gunny disciple. He's a Pat Riley disciple. I mean, everything that we've heard about David Fisdale, what is he, he works very, very good with young players except Marcus All. Marcus All, well, he was a veteran player, so we can't say he was a young player, but he didn't really get along with Marcus All. He was there for three years or two years with Memphis, and then everything started falling apart. Uh, there was a, a scruffle in the locker room after a game. And Marcus Gasol and him almost got into a fist fight. And that pretty much transitioned. He was fired in the middle of the season. And he was hired a year after by the New York Knicks. And I, I, liked, I liked the move at the time because I think David Fisdale was very respectable uh, throughout the league by players. People loved him. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant. All these guys spoke very highly of him. And a lot of people thought he was going to be a recruiter. He was going to recruit. Right, yeah, that was the thing, right? Yes. Like he was supposed to be the guy who got us the Kevin Durant, yes. the, the Kyrie Irving. But yes, that didn't happen. No, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant decided to go elsewhere, and that was the Brooklyn Nets, which Mikey C was laughing to the bank, and I know he was very happy about that because no, he. No, I didn't carry the way. Well, you hate the Knicks, and, and and we all know that. You can say whatever you want. You don't hate the Knicks. You hate the Knicks. No, I may hate the Knicks, but I don't care what Kyrie went. Uh, Due to cancer, and we're seeing it right now happen in New Jersey. In well, Brooklyn. we have to see when Kevin Durant comes if he's going to be a cancer with Kevin Durant. Because I don't think that he's... Here, here's the thing. Yeah. It's the same team as last year, minus D'Angelo Russell, mm -hmm. adding Kyrie Irving. They don't make the playoffs. He's a major factor. Adding Kevin Durant next year, whatever he is, is only a bonus. Mm -hmm. Because that's two superstars compared to one. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it to watch how this Brooklyn Nets team does the whole year. Personally, I mean, I know it's still early in the season and his mood swings that's being reported. <laughs> I personally don't even care. The only thing I, that I care about, wins and losses. Let's see if the Brooklyn Nets have at least the same amount of wins or even so, because the East is really bad, can they make the playoffs? What is their record so far? I don't even know. What is the Nets' I record? I, I think the Nets I right believe now. they're 5-8. and 5-8. Five and eight. They're 5-8 and eight right now. And they have a losing record. And they have not looked good in... And the whole story coming out is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted to go to the Nets because the Nets have better five young talent. Five and seven. Have better young talent, which I, I, thought, it, I thought it was all predicated to no, the medical staff. No. It had everything to do with the young talent and, and the way they were moving forward with the team and how they were developing players. But if what we're, what, what we're watching right now is the development of some of these young players are not developing. I mean, t this year, 
Karis LeVert, what has he done this year? What is he averaging right now? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He can't stay on the court. Who do they got? I don't want to hear young talent. Who do they have that's young talent that's any good? And that's what I'm saying. Now, you can say whatever you want. You don't want to go to the Knicks because of James Dolan, because of what he did with Charles Oakley. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Right now, the Knicks are a laughing stop because of what James Dolan did to Charles Oakley a year and a half ago, and players right now don't want to forget it. Eventually, they're going to forget it because it's all about money, and if the Knicks could build a young nucleus that are talented young players, maybe they get themselves a young superstar that wants to play with them. But right now, the Knicks are not going to draw that because they stink. And the reason why they stink is one reason. David Fisdale, in the fourth quarter, I don't know what these play calls are, Yesterday, I mean, I'm, I'm yesterday, two days ago, Saturday night, they were up by two with four seconds left of the game. They call a timeout, make sure that they have the defense called, okay? Now, as a, I'm not an NBA coach, okay? I, I don't, I've never coached basketball before in my life. Can I coach it better than David Fisdell? I think I can, okay? First of all, you know they're going to shoot a three. You know they're going to shoot a three. They're not going for the two. They're going for the win. First of all, when Monk comes off the bench, you know that the Knicks are going to draw to Monk. So Monk was in the corner. They knew, they knew, Charlotte Hornets knew that the Knicks were going to go to Monk. So you know what they did? They pivoted to Monk. They made him pass the ball to the outside to the point, the point to the, the outside of the hash, and they had an open three-point shot. An open three-point shot. And it was so open, me and Steve and even Mikey C, I don't know if Mikey C plays basketball, we would have hit that open shot. And Anybody what, that could shoot. Wasn't that, didn't he already hit like eight three-pointers yes. before that too? Like, I, I, I don't understand how you don't make that adjustment. My adjustment was, guys, let, let them beat us in the middle. We'll go to overtime. Let, us, let them beat us in the middle. Keep Robinson in the middle. Cover the hoop and clog the upper hashtags of the point. That's what I would have done. I would have said, you know what? You take two of you guys take Monk, the guy somebody take up at the point, and the other guys clog over there on the other side. Make sure that they don't hit an open three point shot. So, so what do you think, Harold? Should should Fisdale remain the coach for no. the rest of the? I was I'm surprised that David Fisdale wasn't fired on Saturday night. I'm very surprised right now, and I don't want to hear it from, from the New York Knicks organization. Well, they're still paying a bunch of other coaches. So are the Jets. So are the Rangers. So are all these teams, all these New York teams. They fire coaches after two-year stints, and then they have to pay them year in and year out. Look, Phil Jackson's still getting paid $12 million a year. What a deal. I mean, he's still getting paid. I mean, James Dolan has money growing out his ass, okay? He doesn't care. And I don't want to hear that James Dolan's not a good owner. He spends the money. He spends it. It's, it's, it's everything right now. And I, don't th- I think Scott Perry is a good, good GM. I do. I like Scott Perry. I don't like Mills. And everything that Mills has done right now to the press, taking shots at David Fisdale, not doing it behind closed doors, he's doing it in front of the press now, is an embarrassment to the Knicks organization. You do not go out there and take shots at your coach on your play calling in front of the press. You know the press is going to eat it up alive. You're going to be the laughing stock of the New York tabloids. 
And that's what the Knicks are right now. It's not the Jets. Nobody's talking about the Jets, the Giants, even the Islanders, the way they played over the weekend, where they came back from a 3-0 deficit and win a game. They're not, even, they're not even talking about that. You know what they're talking about? The number one thing the Knicks, they're talking about. Not talking about the Nets being 5-7. and seven. No, it's the New York Knicks. How big of a laughing stock this organization is, not because of Steve Mills, uh, I'm Scott Perry, it's because of Steve Mills. Steve Mills should have been fired a long time ago. How long has he been there? Forever. He's been there for, he's been there for like so aside from, 20 years. Aside from Dolan, obviously, who's the owner, he's the only other constant that's been there while this team has been terrible for this whole time. GM so. after GM after GM after GM. Every single time I watch this organization bring in a coach. What's his title? Who? Scott Perry? He is the director. Uh, I guess he's the president. He's the president. He took, he took um, Phil Jackson's job. He is the pre- he's the president of But the he's Knicks. been with that organization for how long? 20 years. So what's his title prior? Oh, he was a GM at one point. He was back and forth as a GM. He was uh, vice president of player personnel. He was a part of the organization. He's been friends with James Dolan forever. And James Dolan loves him. And he is, a, he is so bad at going in, fr- going in front of the press. Even when he was at the draft, when they're, they're picking the lottery and stuff like that, when they're, they're picking on where they're drafting, the draft drafting and he's sitting there two years ago when kp was uh when they, they dr- drafted kp at four and when they fell to four and you should see, see steve mills's face oh he put his hands up meanwhile they got the best player in the draft he was he was, he was crying he was crying to blue and they got the best player in the draft he was chief operating officer in 2003 at madison square garden and sports business president and then he was in 2009 he was he was part of Magic Johnson Enterprises for that long, for four years. And then 2013, he was named executive vice president and general manager. It's an embarrassment. The New York Knicks are an embarrassment right now. And it's not the young players. I like what I see with some of these young players. I think the Knicks have some good young players they can build around. The problem is, is the coaching stinks. The coach doesn't know when to make a play or call a play in the important parts of the game, which means it's a lack of communications with the players, which means that's coaching. The GM comes out and doesn't say or attack Steve Mills. He actually covers up for Steve Mills. And I like Scott Perry. I think, I think he's very good at what he's done so far for the Knicks. He's not trading away draft stock, which we've seen year in and year out forever. Actually got a couple of picks too, right? Yeah, with the, with the KP. He yeah. got two first-round draft picks and he had Dennis Smith Jr. That's two fir- three first-round draft picks for KP. We have to see what those picks turn out to be. They don't turn out to be anything. It was a bad move by him. But we'll see. We don't know. We don't know. I, I think R.J. Barrett's a player you could build around. I don't know what Julius Randle is. I, if I were the Knicks right now, if Julius Randle is averaging 18 to 19 points, Marcus, um, um, Marcus, Marcus Morris, Morris is um, averaging 18, 70 points. He already is averaging 18.3. I'm talking about by the All-Star break right. and the trade deadline. No, I understand. If he's doing that well by the trade deadline, I'm moving them. I'm moving them. I don't care how good their contracts are right now. I'm moving them. I'm moving everybody except R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox. What about Frank? Frank Nilakina has played better this year. He's looked a lot better. He's, he looks like a legitimate NBA defender. Yes. But. He needs – and he looked really good, and I said this in the World Championships. He was one of the best point guards in the World Championships, and that's where you're seeing the development. He's still only 20 years old, 21 yeah. years old. He's still a baby. 
So we don't know. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, if he ever becomes a free agent, Greg Popovich is going to snatch yeah. him right up. Yep. He's going to snatch him right up because that's where he's going. You're and right. he'll become a star there. He will become a star there because Greg loves Nilakina's game. Loves it. Talks highly every time he plays the Knicks. Wow, that kid can move. That kid can pass. That kid can play the defense. He just needs to work on his perimeter game. That's it. If that kid has any perimeter game where he averages between 12 and 13 points, he could be an elite defender in this league. He could be an elite player in this league just because of that. So, so, now he's going to be a great defender. So, all right, so you don't like Fizdale. Mm Mm-hmm. What would you do then? Are you gonna, you, so if you fired him mid-season, well, who are you going to turn to? Like, Season's and, over already. And then who would you replace him with? Well, here's the thing. Bring him back, Kurt Rambis. No, no. Here's the guy, <laughs> here's the guy, here's the guy I really, really want. And I've, I've been saying this, and I, I, I think he fits the New York culture, and I've been saying this for a long, long time. Mark Jackson? No. 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 I, I, I've always loved Tom Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one. I've always loved him. His dream job was always to coach the New York Knicks. He was an assistant coach with the Jeff Van Gundy teams. He loves the New York Knicks organization. Did it work out in Minnesota? He had a lot of prima donnas on that team. He brought Jimmy Butler there. He caused a lot of problems with Wiggins. Had a a lot of problems with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. He couldn't stay there. He gave up a lot of draft stock for Jimmy Butler. Didn't make any sense why he did that. He should have stuck with the team that he had. I think Tom Thibodeau, if he's just running, coaching the team, teach and preach defense, I think Tom Thibodeau would be the perfect coach for the New York Knicks. Now, you're not worried about him struggling with other young teams, though? Not at all. You know why? Because to me, what I've seen with the New York Knicks, the problem with the New York Knicks is not scoring points. It's playing team defense. They do not play team defense. They don't play perimeter defense at the, at the end of the game. Which costs them. The Knicks are up in 90% right, of the, the games. The Knicks lose a lot of close games. In five minutes of the game, they're up 90% of the games with six minutes left of the game, and they lose the game. That's perimeter defense. And what is Tom Thibodeau known for? Perimeter defense. That's what he is good at. That's what he preaches. That's a Jeff Van Gundy way. I, I know David Fisdale comes from that culture. David Fisdale has never achieved anything so far as a head coach in his league. He's never won anything. He's never done anything. Tom Thibodeau went to an Eastern Conference championship with the Chicago Bulls, with that team, okay, with guys that, like Rose, that don't play defense. They had defensive players, but they, he taught perimeter defense. He, he pretty much built Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson became a great defender because of his style of defense. I think Tom Thibodeau was the, is a guy. That's the guy I'm gunning for in the offseason. If I was the GM of this organization, he wants to be here. He absolutely wants to be here. And I think he fits the culture for the New York Knicks. The fact that they didn't pick him and they picked Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, why, why oh, was that? I mean, that it, was was in, it was an embarrassment. And, and that's Jeff Hornacek is the reason. But boys and girls, whoever's listening to this show right now, the reason why the New York Knicks lost Chris Tapps Porzingis was Jeff Hornacek. Everything started pouring down when Jeff Hornacek came to the team. KP almost had a fist fight with Jeff Hornacek. Not once, not twice, but three times in the middle of the season. That's why he walked out on the team and did not talk to the press at the end of the season and went right to Lithuania. Jeff Hornacek is the reason why KP had a bad taste in his mouth with the organization and where the organization was going. Jeff Hornacek. 
It wasn't Phil Jackson, where everybody was saying it was Phil Jackson. It was Jeff Hornacek. The story came out, guys. He was already interviewed. KP was interviewed a couple of weeks ago. He stated why he wanted out of the New York Knicks organization. That was Jeff Hornacek. That was Phil Jackson. That was Phil Jackson's pick. Tom Thibodeau was the best pick for the New York Knicks organization at the time. They decided not to go with him. What's his situation right now? He's free. He's free right now. He's working right now. I think he's working for ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. He's doing, like, side gigs for the NBA and stuff like that. He's doing, you know, broadcasting, play-by-play. Tom Thibodeau, this is his dream job. This is where he always wanted to be. You give a guy that maybe he hasn't won a championship, but he's accomplished a hell of a lot more than David Fisdale. Yeah, I I don't – I never understood what – so, yeah, they said – he was going to be able to draw the stars of the league, but mm-hmm. obviously that didn't happen. So what other credentials does, did he have for being a successful head coach? I, I never saw it. Here's the credentials he had. They're, they're, and I, I can't, I, I'm not going to go into this in depth. The NBA is trying to draw all different groups of people to watch the game. And David Fisdale is a guy that a lot of people, New York fans, thought that he would be part of a New York culture. The guy speaks his mind. You saw what he did in the playoffs with the Memphis Grizzlies, how they got screwed. And his, his growth of you know being in different places, working with guys that were New York coaches over the last century, I mean, not century, decade, he, they, people thought that he fit the culture of the New York fan. And the fact is, right now, David Fisdell is way over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. This team is completely flabbergasted as an organization. And I'm worried because this organization has some good young players. Are they going to make these players decide, that, you know what, I don't want to be here. I don't want to see what this team could be in four or five years. I want out, just like KP. Because R.J. Barrett right now, he loved the fact that he was drafted by the Knicks because he didn't want to go to the Pelicans. He didn't, want to go to, he didn't even want to go to the L.A. Lakers. He wanted to be a Nick. He came out and said it. He wanted to be a Nick. Same thing KP wanted to be. He wanted to be a Nick. And where's KP? He's with the Mavericks. Worried, you, I, I think worried is, is the key word here because you're 100% right. There are some good young players here, mm-hmm. and you need a coach to, to get these guys to, to a level. Develop. Yes, exactly. You need a co- And Thibodeau would have been perfect. I, I think Mark Jackson would have been another good one. But I, I would take Thibodeau. I, at this I worry about Mark Jackson because he has a presence to the press that would scare me. He says a lot of things, a lot of stupid things. Even when he's not in press, he does these stupid, like, YouTube videos. And it just but he, he, he was he gets in- himself into trouble. I don't want a guy. I want a guy that's going to pretty much tell you, listen, we suck tonight. We suck tonight, and I'm going to hammer it into them tomorrow. That's what Tom Thibodeau does. Players don't like that. But you want to know something? They respect it. And that's what the Knicks need. They need these young players. They need to develop these guys. And Tom Thibodeau, say what you want. When, we, when, when he went over there to Minnesota, Wiggins got better. Carl Anthony Towns got better. Problem is they brought Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler was a cancer. He thought Jimmy Butler would, would transition this team into an all-around defense. And what he did, he ruined the team. He hurt the team. And that, 
That was Tom Thibodeau's downfall. That's why he got fired. He it was Jimmy Butler. Playoffs, yes, too. he did. It was Jimmy Butler that ruined everything. Jimmy Butler. And, that, and I don't care what Tom Thibodeau says. He's not going to take that. He's not going to blame it on anybody else but himself. It was absolutely Jimmy Butler. They gave up how many picks for Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. And I'm not saying Jimmy Butler's not a good player. I just think he's an overrated player. He got a lot of money in the offseason by Miami. And I, I just, to me, what the Knicks need is they need development. I would bring in a Chris Paul. I would. You know why I bring in a Chris Paul? Because I think he'd help Frank Nelikina, Dennis Smith Jr. I bring him. You're not going to have, I mean, right now he's under contract. The Knicks right now are not winning for the next two or three years. Bring in a, a veteran player like Chris Paul. That can help some of these young point guards out. If you decide to draft a point guard in this year's draft, which quite possibly could happen, you bring in a Chris Paul. That's going to help develop. Chris Paul's a starting point guard. He's going to help. Jason Kidd was every point guards over the years hated Jason Kidd. He didn't. He didn't want to help anybody. He didn't want to work in it. As he got older, as he pro- progressed in his age, he started helping the young co- young point guards in the league that he played for, the Dallas Mavericks. When he came to the Knicks, he helped the young prospect point guards tr- try to develop them. That's what you need. You need to bring in a young, I mean, an old veteran guy that has been has achieved uh, superstardom in the league. That is still a good player in the league that can help develop these kids. That's what you need. They don't have that. As, as a Nick fan, I almost don't know what a point guard is anymore. When's the last time they've had a point guard? I am. The last time the Knicks had a point guard was um, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Chris Childs. Are you talking 90s? Jeez. I mean, seriously, who, who's been their point guard since then? I mean, go up and down the point guard position – over the years, it's garbage. The veteran players, the young players that they thought were going to be good players didn't really develop. Now, they have some decent point guards that could be pieces to the puzzle of where this team could be in the future. Do we have a caller, Speedy? No. I'm oh. doing the 20 minutes. That's fine. We're, we're, going, we're going right through now. All right. But right now, the state of the New York Knicks is not a good thing. And it, 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 I don't care... I see the development of some of these kids. I, I, I would like to see these kids develop even without uh, Fisdale. I think you put anybody right now, any coach right now on this team, there's, the players are still going to play well. I mean, RJ is a good player. Randall's a good player. Marcus Morris is a good player. They're good players. RJ Barrett could be a star. But we have to see how this kid develops over the next couple of years. And if you want, if anybody thinks Zion Williamson eventually, when he becomes a free agent, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's five years and he's done with the Pelicans. He did not want to go there. You saw his face when the Pelicans drafted him. He does not want to be there. His best friend is R.J. Barrett. Now, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm stating that he's going to go to the Knicks, but if the Knicks have any chance to draw Zion Williamson from the Pelicans, you have to start winning. You have, to, you have to find the coach that's going to be there for four or five years and develop R.J. Barrett into a star. And I don't think they have him right now. I don't think they have him. And I, I do believe I think the Knicks will have a chance for Zion Williamson. I do. I don't know if it's gonna, a big chance, but I think they're going to have a chance because R.J. Barrett is going to have a lot to say about it. If he wants to be there, 
And Zion right now, it's all about his shoe deals. It's all about endorsements. Why not come to New York? If you win a championship here with R.J. Barrett, forget it. Forget it. Do you worry about Zion at all as far as staying healthy? I do, but I, I think Zion is, right now, he's got to stop worrying about putting the ball and jamming the ball. His game is predicated also in the paint. He can dominate in the paint. He doesn't need to jam the ball and jump. He's going to have to learn that as a player. Shaquille O'Neal over the years learned how to do the baby hook. He learned how to use the backboard. It wasn't all about jamming as he got older. You have to figure this stuff out as you become a veteran. And I think he will learn it. I think Zion Williams is going to be a good player. I think John Moran's going to be a good player. I think R.J. Barrett's going to be a good player. I think there's a couple of good players in this year's draft. This was a good draft. A lot better draft than the year before. The year before was horrendous. The last two years' drafts have been horrendous. Yeah, I, I, the 17 draft was kind of weird. I kind of expected that. Last year, I'm surprised that a lot of people have gotten off to slow starts, besides, obviously, Luka Doncic. The state of the NBA right now is pretty simple. Golden State Warriors stink. And I'll tell you this right now. I, it's amazing I could, how quickly that changed. I, I, I said it. I said it. I said, this was, I said it last year. This will be the last. I said last year they're not winning a championship. And this will be the year before. That was the last time you see the Golden State Warriors win a championship. They'll never win a championship. Steph Curry will never win a championship again as long as he's on the Golden State Warriors. I said it. They're never going to win. It, but now, if they lose out this season, and Mike, you know this, what are they going to get? They're going to get the number one pick. Exactly. And they have a trade chip in D'Angelo Russell. Exactly. And so guess who comes back? Clay Thompson. I think, they're all, I think they'll be fine. I don't know about championship, but they'll be fine. It worries me because knowing the NBA and the way the NBA works and the way the drafts, the lottery goes and how crazy the lottery was last year, I could see the Golden State Warriors, even if they're the eighth worst team in the league, they get the number one pick. And I could see it with the NBA because it's all about Steph Curry and the superstardom. They want to see Golden State in the playoffs. They want to see him as the bad guy. Who wants to see the Knicks get the number one pick? Nobody. You know why? Because to them, they think the Knicks stink. The Knicks haven't been good for 20 years. So you know what they say? Why do we want to see the number one pick go to the Knicks? Where did the Pelicans finish? The Pelicans were the ninth or eighth worst team. And they got the number one. They got the number one pick. And the Knicks, got the, the Knicks were the worst team in the NBA, and they got the third pick. And maybe they got the best player in the draft. Quite possibly could have. And a lot of people do think that R.J. Barrett will be the best player all around in, in the draft. Now, we don't know. I mean, we've got to see these kids build up their muscle. Oh, no, John Moran looks He's good. phenomenal. He's he good, too. Really good too. Oh, yeah. John, John Moran is averaging 18.6 points a game. I mean, both those guys are, are good players. And Kobe White looks good, too. Yeah, he does. Kobe White looks good. There are, there are a lot of good players that came out of this year's draft. I said it. This was a very good draft. You're going to see a lot of superstars come out of this year's draft. Here's the problem. It's all about developing them. And I don't think David Fizdale's the guy. But right now, Golden State, and we know the Clippers, the Lakers, we knew this was going to happen. The Clippers and the Lakers are probably going to go to the Western Conference Finals, and they're going to play to go to the NBA championship. That's what's going to happen. A buddy of mine, we keep arguing about this. So who who do you think would actually win that matchup? Because we're going back and forth as far as who the, the top three where top two basketball players are right now. Mm-hmm. I still think it's LeBron James, mm-hmm. and my buddy is, is, uh, is saying Kawhi. When healthy, LeBron James is the best player in basketball. And I don't care what anybody says. And I like Kawhi Leonard. I say it all the time. I think he's the best two-way player in the NBA. The problem with LeBron James right now is LeBron James' defense is taking a step back. 
He's not the same once top defensive player that he was. He was an elite, elite defender. You could put him on anybody. The five, the four, the three, the two, the one, he's going to stop you. You, you. you can't put LeBron James on the one anymore. You can't. I, I think, but I, so last year, I think he kind of gave up on the season once, once he didn't get the trade that he wanted, and he told all, everybody on his team that uh, he wanted to ship them out. But now that he's got AD here, and, I mean, look, they, they lost the first game against the Clippers, but since then, I mean, what's their record now? They're like 9-2 and two or 10-2. and two. And I think he's actually playing really good defense this year. He's playing good team defense. Mm-hmm. If, and this is the problem. Remember, Mike, you know this. We've watched LeBron James for years. And on Cleveland. Too early into the season. Yes. We've watched, we've watched LeBron James for years on Cleveland. And their defense was one of the top in the league. And why were they one of the top in the league? It wasn't because of their team defense. It was because LeBron James would be running 50 minutes a game. 50 minutes a game, taking out the best player of the team. He did it against the, the Celtics. How many times do we see LeBron James do that against his Celtics? We've seen it. Every, 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 Isaiah Thomas took out Isaiah Thomas. When Isaiah Thomas was one of the most dominant offensive players in the league, shut him down. Shut him down. You saw him do it. You saw him do it against Tatum. We saw him. We've seen this over and over again. LeBron James can't do that anymore. He can't. He can't you go 50 so? minutes. No, not in 50 minutes. 50 minutes of basketball, topping, taking out uh, a Russell Westbrook running up and down. No way. No way. He's doing it so far. No, yeah, so far. Right, yes. but it's a small sample. It's a small sample size. To me, LeBron James is, to me, still the best player in the league because LeBron James does one thing that other people can't. He makes everybody around him better. Kawhi Leonard, he makes players around him better, but he's not a passer. LeBron James... He'll take it. He'll score his 25, 26 points, but he can score 40 points a game. He'll, he'll, he'd rather get his 10, 12, 13 assists and do it that way and get his rebounds and help the whole around, all around team better. He makes the all around team better by doing the stuff that he does well. Kawhi Leonard, he's a great defender. He's a great offensive player. He's really developed into a sensational player. But Kawhi Leonard also is a guy that doesn't have that, 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 cocky attitude LeBron James has. Kawhi's quiet. He does it on the court. LeBron James, he talks and he, and he walks. He'll talk and he'll tell you, you know, I'm the best player in the league. I'm still the best player in the league. And he'll go out there and he'll do it. Kawhi Leonard don't do that. It's more of like a, a quiet cockiness, though, no? Who, LeBron? No, uh, Ka- Kawhi. Kawhi. No, I don't think he's cocky at all. I don't, by the way, uh, the other day on, on the Clippers, it was on TNT the other day, and I watched on NBA TV, uh, I watched the press conference of Kawhi Leonard. He must have said, like, out of the 10 questions that were asked, he must have said, like, 10 words. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I've never seen a guy get interviewed by a bunch of press, press guys and not say much. He, he doesn't say anything. He's a fun guy, though. Yeah, he's, he smiles a little bit, straight face. Even when the Raptors, when he hit that game-winning shot, that unbelievable shot against Philadelphia last year mm-hmm. in the playoffs, he smiled for a second, put his hand up. He got ran off the court. And when he was at the press conference, he was looking down. He barely even looked at the mic. He doesn't talk much. He's a it's, strange cat. He is a strange guy, but he's a great player. I, to me, the better team is the Clippers. But because of LeBron James and the size of the Lakers, Mike, what do you, what, what do you think? I, if, if, I know it's early in the season, but if you were to look at right now what you've seen, who do you think has the edge, the Lakers or the Clippers? I think push comes to shove longevity. It's going to end up being the Clippers because I just think, well, both of them are 
Well, LeBron's first injury happened, major injury happened last year, mm -hmm. and AD can never play a full season, period. So right now you're only getting the beginning of the season. He played a full right? season last year. Yeah. He missed the I one. Mean, what did he miss, like three games, four games? Well, he missed, he missed the last, I think, 10 of the season just because he didn't want to play. Yeah. But no, no, I'm talking about that. I'm not in, talking about in that. In terms of injury-wise, yeah. I think it was only something like seven games. No, so I think he missed three games last year before. before but he, he has, won. like, an injury history. And, yeah, he does. You know, and, unfortunately, they're going to play hard because of they're at the Lakers and stuff. It's just going to dwindle as the season progresses because one thing you don't want to happen is, obviously, their stance right now, their record right now, their cohesiveness right now of how they're playing – you don't want to ruin it, so they will get rusted even probably more so once we hit the middle of the season. And that could affect, you know, certain things down the road. Uh, but personally, what is LeBron, 37 years old? No. Uh, no. 34, 35. 34, 35. Yeah, he's got a good three years left of top of his game. I, LeBron's still on a top no, of his game. No, he's good. I'm just, I just personally. Good. I mean, he's great. I mean, he's averaging 27, not gonna 8, 9. Them. I think, you know, the way they, because if you pull them two out of the lineup, they're the biggest key in their lineup. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing else. I'm sorry, Kuzma's a nice player, but when you have these two dominating the ball, Kuzma becomes now a spare part. They got some other decent players. I mean, they got Danny Green now, right, and, and, yeah. and Rondo. I mean, they're, they're yeah, spare. They're, I, I, th I think, I, I, to me, right now, if you were to ask me who I think would win in a seven-game series, I, I think it's LeBron James. I, I, I would bet on LeBron James if it's going to a, a game seven. As much as I like Kawhi Leonard, I love Kawhi Leonard. He's one of my favorite players. Same. Um, See, the thing is, Kawhi Leonard could shut down LeBron James. And I think LeBron James can shut down Kawhi. That's what makes that a yeah. very interesting I, I, matchup. Kawhi is, the thing about Kawhi is he's elusive, but he's not fast. He's not fast off his feet. He's not. He's not a, explosive. No, he's not explosive. Russell Westbrook, if you have to take out Russell Westbrook or James Harden, it's harder for LeBron James because he's got to run back and forth on the court. That's a good point. Kawhi Leonard doesn't do that. Kawhi Leonard is a stagnant player. He's, I guess, more, more and all, he's an isolation player now. He's really transitioned to an isolation player. He used to be like a you know, pass first, hit the open jump shot. Now he's become an isolation player. Uh, Popovich's system, too. Right. Yeah, but he's, he's become an isolation player now. He really is. I'm, and on the Clippers, he's an isolation player. The, the Doc Rivers offense is isolation. Him or Paul George, isolation. And they have a very good defensive team. They have the most talented defensive team in basketball. They have three of the top five defensive players on their team. That's ridiculous. And that could hurt LeBron James. But here's the problem. Who do they have to stop Anthony Davis? Who do they have to stop Dwight Howard in the middle? That's right. That's why I forgot about Dwight Howard. Who do they have? They don't have anybody. Is this the, the, the best player, uh, Anthony Davis, that LeBron has played with? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, Dwayne Wade? No, no, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne, in his prime? Dwayne Wade, was uh, not, Dwayne Wade was not in his prime when LeBron James came in. They were both young. No, no, Dwayne Wade was not. Dwayne Wade, when LeBron James came to the team, Dwayne Wade was 29 years old. LeBron was 25. I think he was 25, 26. Dwayne Wade was 29, almost 30 when LeBron James came to the team. Go look at it. He was at the outskirts. That was when, LeBron, when Dwayne Wade had the ankle surgeries or the knee surgeries that he had. He came back from the two knee surgeries that offseason. When Dwayne Wade, when LeBron James came to the team, I think Dwayne was 29, 30 or 28 or something like that. And I don't think he was at the top of his game. Dwayne Wade was at the top of his prime was when he was, some people were comparing him to LeBron James. Like he was the best player in the league. When he was like 25, 26, and LeBron James was like 22, and he was, he was just like 
just like completely dominating the league after his first two seasons. I mean, LeBron James was rookie of the year. He averaged 21. Then he averaged 25. Then he averaged 27, 28. I mean, LeBron James got better and better every single year. I, I think the best player he's ever played with is Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis is also, also an injury-prone player. Right. And that's the problem with LeBron James. If Anthony Davis plays, if he's healthy all season long, they're going to be a scary team. And I, I don't think they're done on making a trade. I think they can make a trade in the, in the middle of the season and get themselves a Marcus Morris, who can absolutely help them, or Julius Randle, go back to there and play with LeBron James. I mean, I could see that happening. I could see the Knicks trading for a first-round draft pick to the Lakers. And I know the Lakers would do it. Do the Lakers have first-round picks? I think they do. They They traded a lot. No, they lost last year, so you can't lose back-to-back years of first-round draft picks in the NBA. They do have their first-round draft pick this year. They do. They didn't trade it up in another trade to in the draft? No, they didn't. They they didn't draft that player this year. They didn't draft that player this year. They gave it up. They traded away. They get their first-round draft pick this year. And I could see the Knicks saying, you know what? I, I, I know it's going to be a 30th or 28th pick, but it's a first-round draft pick. We want it. So w- which of these duos do you guys think is the, is the best as far as LeBron and AD, uh, Kawhi and, and George, and Harden and, Harden Westbrook? and Westbrook? Who is the best duos? Mike, do you, do, do you have an opinion on that? Do you, do you think, who do you think is the best duo in the NBA? I mean, we're right splitting now? hairs here, Yes. But. I don't know. It's a tough, tough right? No, I, I, I think I got it. Right now, if, if you were to ask me, if you, would, if you would ask me right now what I've seen so far in the season, I think the best duo right now offensively or all around, all around, all around it's, it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You think so? Wow. Yeah, because they're both defensive players and they're both offensive players. Anthony Davis is a great – he's a good defensive player. He's not a good team defensive player. He's a good one-on-one defensive player. He's not a good team defensive player. You saw him on the Pelicans. He's not. He's a good one-on-one player. But he's never played with somebody like LeBron. So no, may- he's not. So maybe he becomes a better we'll team, team defensive LeBron James player. is – remember, LeBron James is getting older. He's not the same defensive player he once was. If it was LeBron James four years ago, it's LeBron James Anthony Davis. But it's not LeBron James three, four years ago. Now, who do I think will win in a seven-game series? I'm taking LeBron James. Until proven otherwise, I think LeBron James with Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis is healthy, he's the best player that he's ever played with. And they, I do believe that the Lakers will make a trade at the trade deadline that's going to make them better. That'll be interesting to see. And, they're, and I could see them absolutely go after one of these Knicks. I could see it. And the Knicks will trade him. The Knicks are going to trade any. Portis, he's averaging, what, 14 and 11 or 14 and 10 right now for the Knicks? They'll trade him. They're going to they're gonna trade these guys. They, they're trade pieces. They're not players. Randall, I think that the Knicks might want to keep because I think he's a player you can build around. But Marcus Morris has a one-year $15 million contract. Marcus Morris can absolutely help the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, he hits open three-point shots. He can get to the hole. He can get to the line. He's a good foul shooter, and he's a good team defensive player. You saw him with the, the Celtics. He can absolutely help the Lakers' defense. So I could see the, the, the Lakers and the Knicks making a trade. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it could, could happen. happen. Could happen. You know, 
But I, the, state of, the state of the NBA, who cares about the regular season? Because it really doesn't matter. It's all about the playoffs. And you wish you could just fast forward and, and, and start these series already? I, I would like you to. You know s- who's going to be there yes. for the most part. Well, we don't know who's going to be there with the East. <laughs> I mean, come on. The Easter Conference is horrendous. They're horrendous. Well, other than the top four teams in the East, who cares? You know, How about this? Do you think anybody in the East could beat any team in the West right now, the top five teams? Come on. Right now, the Eastern Conference, the top four Eastern – how about this? The top two Eastern Conference teams, what are they? The Raptors and Milwaukee, I think no, it is? I think no, it's, I think it's the Celtics and Miami All right, right Celtics, now. Yeah, Miami's doing My, all right, Celtics and Miami. Do you think any one of those teams can knock off any one, uh, any one of the top two teams in the, the – how about any of, of the top five teams in the Western Conference? It's going to come down to exactly how it played out last year, which is – can the teams in the West stay healthy? Right. Because- I, I, if healthy, and right now there's a major injury to the, to the Celtics with Hayward, who started off as a house of fire, yeah, because they, they, they were averaging 120 points a game, 110 to 120. And obviously scoring wins games. So I could say, and not only that, it's Kyrie's no longer there, so he's no more the first option, the sec- second option, and the third option, which – completely derailed the team even last be- year. My Mike, even before Kyrie Irving, and you know this, the Celtics never went to the finals. So, it, and they that's, were close, though. They took, yeah. they took LeBron that's to... Fine. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, no, 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 no. They I know that, there. but I'm saying it's a different team now. You, can't, you really can't make that excuse while Kyrie Irving wasn't there. They haven't, even with Isaiah Thomas, they couldn't get over the hump. No, with, with Kyrie Irving, they thought they were supposed to get there, and they didn't. Took a step Same back. Same thing with the Nets. But Kemba <laughs> Walker's a different... It, it fits, fits better with the team of how they of how Brad Stevens coaches. Mm-hmm. They coach to move the wall to the open shooter, and they all can shoot. I, I like Brad Stevens. I think he's a great coach, but I'll tell you this right now. If Brad Stevens can't get this team to the Eastern Conference Finals this year or even the, the, the NBA championship, I don't know how long the, the organization is going to say, you know what, we, we've, we've done all these moves, we've moved all these plays. You can't get over the hump, Brad. You just, you're a great coach, but maybe you're just not a playoff-bound coach. You can't win the big game. Because Brad is a great coach. He's one of the top five coaches in the league. And he's been one of the top three coaches in the league year in and year out b- before the last two years. The problem with Brad Stevens is he just can't get over the hump. And that's a problem. That is a problem. And the Celtics have good teams. They've had good teams. They, and, and Brad knows how to coach. They just can't get over the hump. And that's, that's a problem. Danny Ainge, he could be on his way out after this year. I really believe that. All the draft picks, all the draft stock they have, they couldn't make one appearance in the, in the NBA championship? Not one. All these moves. LeBron was in the East. I, I understand that. And LeBron's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's see him do it this year. Because if they don't do it this year, there is going to be a problem with the Celtics. Because I don't want to hear the excuses with the Celtics anymore. Well, LeBron's in the Eastern Conference. Because guess what? Was Le- did LeBron make it to the finals last year? I mean, not LeBron. Um, the Celtics. The, uh, not the Celtics. Um, yeah, the Celtics. The, the Celtics make the, uh, the Eastern, Conference, uh, Eastern Conference last year? They didn't. Nope. And that, that's, that's the problem right now with the Celtics. They can't get over the hump. They have good players. They have value to some of these players. They don't want to trade Tatum because they think he's going to be a superstar. We've seen enough of Tatum in three years. Has he really transitioned to a superstar? He really hasn't. He's a great player. He's not a superstar. He's a guy that averages 18, 10. How much is he averaging right now? 19 right now? He's a system fan. 19 and 9. 19 and 9. So he's a, gr- he's a great player. 
He's not a superstar. He's not a player that I'm going to build around. Kemba Walker is a superstar. He is a superstar. I don't want to care. I want to hear it from anybody saying Kemba Walker is predicated on the system. Kemba Walker, no, Kemba Walker is a great player in the league, and he's proving it right now because his numbers are better than Kyrie Irving's right now with the same Celtics team. That's telling you a lot on how good Kemba Walker is. But right now, I'm sorry. The Celtics have to get over the hump this year. LeBron is no longer in the East. He wasn't last year. And Kawhi's not in the East anymore. And Kevin Durant is not in the East yet. So that's not an excuse. Who do you have to challenge you? The, the Philadelphia 76ers? Give me a break. The 76ers, first of all, that coach stinks. Yeah. The fact that he's coaching the team still is ridiculous. Brown, he shouldn't be there. Milwaukee's good. but they, They're good. They're, the problem with them, and this is a problem, they don't have that second option. They don't. I don't want to hear Middleton. He's not a second option. He's not. He's a good player. He could shoot the three. He's a decent defensive player, and, and, the, and the system is good. And their depth is good, too. They, they don't have that other superstar that's going to help the Greek freak. If somebody, they figured, There were teams last year in the playoffs, the Toronto Raptors, they figured him out. Right. They knew how to stop him. You keep him on the outside, you can beat them. And that's what they did. The Raptors, was it the Raptors last year? Yes, the Phil, the it, Raptors. It was the Raptors. The Raptors, I thought it was Philadelphia, the Raptors. The way to, to, to beat the Greek freak and to beat the Milwaukee Bucks is keep the Greek freak from the paint. You keep him from the paint, you force him to shoot, that's his weakness. And, and the Raptors figured it out. Do you know what he averaged in the, in the playoffs last year against the Raptors? 17 points. This is a guy that averaged, he was, he was MVP. To me, he was the MVP. He averaged almost 30 points a game. So I wonder if either one of these teams, uh, Milwaukee and Boston, if they could somehow at the trade deadline get a, you know, a, a piece to, to take them over the hump. Well, the Bucks have good depth and the Celtics have good depth. The problem is I, they don't have that other star, as like right. Errol was saying. And who's the other star that's going to be available? I don't think that I was going to ask you guys exist. that. Who? I, I mean, don't think it exists. All right the stars now. are together. <laughs> right. I mean, who? What about like um, Lillard? Well, we, we, I don't we, think he'll we, be available. Well, no. DeRozan's not available Carmelo right Anthony's now. There. DeRozan? DeRozan's DeRozan's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's a star, but he's not a superstar. He's a guy that'll give well, you... Well, it's t- very, very rare that you move superstar players. To DeRozan's at a very... He's probably only slightly yeah. better than what Middleton is, so I don't think that's really going to help a team like Milwaukee. But DeRozan, you know, everything I've been hearing is possibly getting traded to Orlando. But he's only a slight upgrade over, over Middleton. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean... There it's is very, none. It's There's very none. rare that a superstar will get moved. There is none. Right. There but really it's is none. Very rare. Damian Lillard is not getting traded because Carmelo Anthony's there. They brought Carmelo Anthony in to try to help what, where the team is right. going right now. They're and a bad team now, but they're always a better second half team anyway. I, Damian Lillard's going nowhere. Right. I would. You would be stupid to trade Damian Lillard. That that guy is the most underrated point guard in the league. I would trade McCollum before I trade. Yeah, him. Damian Lillard's. To me, I, I think they should have done that. There already. might be one ba- one point guard better than Damian Lillard in the whole league. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's it. Right. I mean, and that was that was a Nets draft pick, by the way, Damian Lillard. <laughs> just so you know. Good wow. job, Billy King. Just just so you know, <laughs> Damian Lillard was what? What was he? The nineteenth pick? No, I think he was later. I think he was like twenty six yeah, or something like that. He, he was he was a late pick, and I remember it was the Nets pick. It was it, they they brought in I forget his name. It, it was the power forward. They brought him in. <sighs> I can't believe I forgot his name. Anyways, before we go, I did want to get into this, and I want to go back. Oh no, to he was number six overall. Wow, I, I, I was early. What, what was it? Yeah, 
He was number six. Okay. So, I, and I, he was the Nets pick. I do want to, before we go, I want to talk about, I want to go back to football quickly. And I want to talk about the state of the quarterback position right now. And I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing all these analysts, analytics say that the pocket quarterback is the most successful quarterback in the league. If you find a pocket <laughs> quarterback, you're going to get success. Russell Wilson says otherwise. <laughs> and right now, if you would look at the top five quarterbacks in the league right now, at this state of mind, three out of the five are not, po- not fully pocket quarterbacks. They are running quarterbacks. And that, to me... Well, what about the GOAT? He's not a top five quarterback right now in the league. He's not. He's not. He's not a top five quarterback in the league. I'll take, I'll take seven guys in front of right now Tom Brady. Tom Brady has not had a good season. You want to win, though, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. You, you want to win, and everybody keeps talking about a win. Look at their offense in the last three, three weeks. They haven't been good. Their offense has been – you're not winning. You're going into – I don't care if you have home field advantage – you play, like th- you play like this offensively against Baltimore, they're going to eat you up alive. You're right. They're vulnerable. They're going they're to vulnerable. eat you up. I don't care if it's in New England. They're going to eat you up alive because you need to score against Lamar Jackson because he's going to score points. You can't stop his running ability. You saw it yesterday. The Texans, who everybody said, everybody knows what Lamar Jackson's going to do, he scored 49 points against the Texans. That defense is not bad. That's a pretty good defense. It's not a great defense. It's a pretty they good defense. They have a lot of holes on it, though. Yeah. So do a lot of other teams, Speedy. There's three, good, three great defenses in the league right now. That's it. Every other defense, is, they got holes. The Cowboys going into the season. Great defense. No, the great. Cowboys have a lot of holes, too. Yeah. Going into the season, they were, supposed to, they were rated one of the top defenses, top five defenses in the league. They're not yeah, even close. They're, they're not even close. Hype. Same team. It's not hype. They were the second-best defense in the league last year. Yeah, they overperformed. Overperformed. Okay, overperforming a 16-game 16 16 season. Yeah, that's overperforming. And they went into the playoffs and knocked off teams that nobody thought they had any chance of beating. And they could have beaten the Rams. They could have beaten the Rams. I'll tell you this right now. The transition of the game, the tr- transition of the football quarterback position is completely changed. And this pocket quarterback, everybody keeps talking about, oh, look at the draft. Look at look at this guy. Look at Tua. Look at Herbert. Look at this guy. Frost. What's the other one? The other ones that they talk about? Uh, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Who's who's the only one? Frost. Or from, from from Eason, He's yeah. from is a pocket quarterback. I'm worried about him in the NFL. The state of the pocket quarterback is done. It is done. I don't want to hear it anymore from the show. I listen to Guido's show and. I love Guido, and I love his takes, and Tyler, too. He's stupidity. I mean, it, some of the stuff with Baker Mayfield, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, it, Baker Mayfield's going to be the second-best quarterback in the league. You wait until the end of the season. He's, he's not even going to be close. Baker Mayfield won't be in it. I don't even think he's going to break the top 15. That's how bad he is this year. Baker, Baker Mayfield has thrown more interceptions than Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen put together. Baker Mayfield. I guarantee Daniel Jones probably has three quarters of those interceptions. 
I feel like Sam's got a lot too, though. No, no, Sam's got. Sam only got rigged by the one game. Ran though. one game. Sam has, I think, seven interceptions or six interceptions. Well, that's right. And he also missed. He missed it, but he, yeah. he has seven, six interceptions. You put them all together. Baker Mayfield's got like twenty-four, twenty-five interceptions. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he's going to throw more. There's still six more games left. He's going to break thirty this year. Well, to your question, though, do we know long term that that the position can? Can, uh, the quarterback position can be an athletic. If they can stay healthy, that. that's a- the biggest thing. Ask, ask Russell Wilson. Because we thought that with so in 2011, too, with Cam Newton, with RG3, with Kaepernick, with Russell right. Wilson. We thought the same thing, and a lot of those guys obviously got hurt. And Russell Wilson's the only one who stayed healthy. Obviously, Kaepernick had what he had, but we thought that, too. So it'll just depend on the health factor of those quarterbacks. And, and RG, then, RG3, too. Right. And, and also, so, Andrew Luck, was a, he was a pocket and a running quarterback. Right. Andrew Luck was a pocket quarterback, could, but could extend plays when he had to, kind of like what Aaron Rodgers So is does. Sam. So is right. Sam. He's right. a running quarterback. Right. So is Daniel Jones. He can run and throw. It, it's transitioning. I mean, if you don't see it right, right in front of your face. You need some level of mobility to succeed. Now. You're seeing it right in front of your face. So the, the level of pocket quarterbacks, just like, just like the, the, the game of the defense, the NFL game defense, the, the whole presence of defense is completely changed. You can't put your hands on the, the wide receivers anymore. You can't do any of that. It's, it's, it's completely changed. I think the league is completely transitioned. And, and, and you're going to see even worse now. Because now everything is about the quarterback. The quarterback. The quarterback. The quarterback. Protect the quarterback. Protect the quarterback. I, Making it a lot more college-like. And I, that, For now. But again, those kinds of things are phases too. And, here's, and here's, it's funny that you brought that up because you're going to see more College quarterbacks, I mean, college coaches being hired by NFL teams now. You're going to see it a lot. I guarantee you, the Giants, when they fire a Shermer, I will guarantee you they hire a, a, college, quarter, a college coach. Like a Matt Rule? Or... Yep, they're going to hire a college coach. Same thing with the Cowboys. Whenever they get rid of Jason Garrett, they are going to bring, <laughs> they are going to bring in a college coach. Quarterback. Let's specify. If I mean, they college get rid of coach. Jason I'm sorry, Garrett. college coach. I'm just saying, you're going to see the transition of the game. Just like you said, it's moving towards the college play, and it's going to transition that way. Everything. Is, we, Mike, me, Mike, and me talk this talk about this for years in sports. For years, every decade, a league transitions, and it's done that for the last 25 years. We've been doing this for five and a half years, right, Mike? How many times have we seen the leagues transition in all the sports? We were watching, we were watching hockey when they, they, they squeezed out the goal crease, where they, they canceled the red line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, 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 this is this – is, it's changed. It's changed hockey. It's changed it. They made the goal pads bigger. Yep. Then you look at football. You change the defensive style of game. You turn it into an offensive style of game. You can't hit the quarterback. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't. What could you do to hit the quarterback? You might as well hit him in the balls. It, it, it probably have a better chance of knocking him down. I mean, like, seriously. You can't touch his legs. You can't touch his upper body. So why not you just drive your, your helmet into his balls? Hopefully he's wearing a cup. Or you could swing your helmet at him. You know? Well, there you go. Oh, gosh. There you go. Miles Garrett. You had to go there. Well, we could ask Jeff on that because he doesn't think that's assault. Ridiculous. You want to talk about ridiculous statements? That, that, it, that is one. Of, I'm going to remember that. You want to make fun of my whole Tom Brady uh, faking his, his hand injury? That was the biggest, one of the biggest, stupidest things I've ever heard in my entire life, Jeff. You're an idiot. That's not assault. What are you, nuts? 
Oh, it happens at practice. I have never heard somebody rip off his helmet and swing at a baseball swing trying to take somebody's head off. I'm sorry. That is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard because I've been to a bunch of Jets practices. Never seen it. Who do we have him on the phone? If it's we, Jeff, we might have him back. We'll find out. Is this Jeff? Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> snug. Pearl, I don't want to call and fight with you, buddy. I don't care if I you do or you don't. I just wanted to bring good vibes, man, and let you know that although you seem to hate pocket quarterbacks now, um, you have to ask yourself, when is the last time a running quarterback won a Super Bowl? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Okay, so that was <laughs> And he's a very good ago. playoff quarterback. Who was the last? How about and, Cam Newton going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, almost won that? Right. Well, almost. Does that count? Yeah, okay. So do you, do you want me to go back, back? You want me to go back? Super Bowl winner. How about Jeff Hostel? He won. He was a running quarterback. He, he won. So I'll go. I'll go back decades. I'll go back decades and find them. I'll go back decades and find them. Snug. I'm not saying they don't have a place in the game. They do pop up and win Super Bowls. But what I'm saying is, if you look consistently, so we had New England right. There's last more year, that Tom fail. Brady, I understand what you're Nick saying. Foles, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Eli Manning, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. then a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. which I don't think he's ever run. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning, can he even run? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we had Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's a running quarterback. Can run when he's a running so quarterback. He is a running he, quarterback. He can run, he but he's not, not really labeled. He's, he's, a, mobile, he's, he's a, mobile a mobile quarterback. He is a mobile quarterback. That's what How he is. How many times have you seen a Drew Brees draw up the middle? <laughs> Snug, you want me to ask you a question? Let's, uh, let, I love let, questions. Let's, let's, let's just go. Let's. Let's argue these points in, in a way that isn't stupidity, okay? You're telling me stupidity. what we've – and I'm not – say you're stupid. It's, it's stupidity that comes out of Jeff's. Hopefully nothing stupid comes out of your mouth because he doesn't think swinging a helmet is assault because that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my entire life, but whatever. When watching football right now and watching the quarterbacks get drafted right now, how many in the last five years pocket quarterbacks became good quarterbacks? Oh, I don't disagree that the sexier pick is the running quarterback. But that's my question. How many in the I'm last five is, years pocket quarterbacks? Pocket. Well, I mean, we can go back. Don't say Andrew Luck because he's a mobile a quarterback. Of... Don't say Andrew, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck wasn't even in the last five years. You know, I'm just saying. Don't say Andrew Luck because he's a mobile quarterback. I, I don't want to hear it. But go ahead. Let's, let's hear it. Andrew Luck. But um, I think if you look at the running quarterbacks mm-hmm. that's recently been drafted, mm-hmm. they haven't fared that much better really? than any right, of the well, non. Really? How many right Super Bowl wins do they have? That's, Super, it's, it's, that's irrelevant because uh, a lot of young quarterbacks Super don't Bowl, win Super Bowl, any, any God-given day, it's not the quarterback's fault that they lose. It's one game. It's one game. You can lose one game. Now, Snug is right in the sense where there's more running quarterbacks that fail just because there's a lot of them in college. Because that's all they're drafting now. That's why. Right. They're all because, they all become starters because they're running. But that's the new age of the game. It's transitioned. But it's also, again, more common in college football. So. And we're only a couple of years away from no more Brady, no more Breeze. I mean, these guys are Even Aaron Rodgers. How many years does he have left? He's 34, but, so when you, 35. When you, when you pose the, the, this uh, question about the, the quarterbacks, so are, are you talking about like a, a Lamar Jackson who's, who's way more of a, a runner or just somebody? Mobile. It could be a little of both, too. Escape in mobile. Because Patrick mobile. Mahomes is not a running quarterback, but he's right. mobile. Okay. He's a mobile quarterback, so and he runs a lot. So you're saying transitioning to that. Yes. Right. 
Okay. You have to have some level of mobility yes. and escapability with more creative concept, more motion offenses. Gotcha. I could, it, it's not pure running quarterbacks because we had that phase, like I said, there's earlier only, in the there's decade. Not many, and, there's and not many pure running, running backs, pure running backs. I mean, Russell Wilson's not a pure – he's a pure thrower too. Russell right. Wilson could throw. Well, he kind of evolved into that yeah, later. Not, he was more of a running quarterback. He was a good thrower. Career. He was a good thrower. Wisconsin, are you kidding me? No, he was a good thrower. North but he Carolina was, State? Right. I, yeah, he was a skilled thrower, but I, he was still more of a runner when he came in. That's what I'm saying. And see, Snug, State, if well, well, my opinion, Snug, Snug, in my opinion, yeah. what Errol was really trying to say was basically that now teams are going to try to draft somebody that has a little bit of mobility. Yes. Because when you get out of the pocket, it extends the play. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Sure. But I agree with you. You know, a mobile quarterback, will his, his, his uh, lifeline in the NFL would be cut short because he'll get crushed. Well, the time. thing is, there are mobile quarterbacks who make that transition. I, I would argue that. John Elway's a great example. He couldn't wait to run when he was young, and he lost Super Bowls. And once he got a little older and quit running quite as much, he won Super Bowls. With, he won, he won with Terrell Davis. And with the rules, <laughs> and, and Snug, with the rules that have changed in transition, he thinks his it protects the quarterback Davis. now. So I beg to differ with you, Mike. I don't think they're going to retire at a young age because they're protected now. The league's rules now, the, the different transitions of rules now, falls to the quarterback. So that you can't hit the quarterback below the knees. You can't hit the quarterback below, uh, over, the, uh, over the waist. I mean, not over the waist, over the, the pecs, I think it is, over the shoulders or something like that. So you, you can only hit him in a certain spot. And that's why I said you might as well go for his balls because you have a better chance of knocking him down. That's the truth. I think it would be hard to teach a ball. Yeah, but once pass. you're out of the pocket. Drive your helmet right to his balls. Once you're that's out of what the, I would do. When you're out of the pocket, you're free game to any defender. That's fine. Yeah, you're a runner. You, 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 just, can't, pocket, you just can't so. spear and leave with your helmet. And that's, and that's what hurts the quarterbacks. That's what hurt, that, RG3, what happened to RG3? Why he got injured? Somebody went for his knees. You can't do that anymore. You do that, you're, you're, you're pretty much screwed. You can't do that anymore. The rules, the rules state that you can't do that. It, it bowls well. For, it bodes well for the, 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 the mobile quarterback now. And that's why it's completely transitioned. You can argue your points all you want. It is. And I, oh, Jeff, by the way, or do you think if somebody pulled off his cleats and hit you in the head, that's not assault? <laughs> Come on, Jeff. I would love to see that in a game. That would be Come so on, exciting. Jeff. I've seen, a hockey, I've seen a hockey player do it. I've seen a hockey player yeah, do but it. I mean, the NFL, like, to really sit down and take the time to pull the shoe off and the tape and everything, that would be, that'd be really be a scene. Well, I know it would be you. I know you, you and your crazy takes. I mean, I, could, I knew Mike was laughing, laughing at his computer. I knew you were going to call the show. So I knew you were about to call the show because you're saying some crazy-ass things on, on social media or Twitter or whatever the heck you're on. So, uh, Snug. I'm flattered that you thought of me. I did. I always think of you, Snug. What do you think? I don't like you? Well, I thought of you too, friend, and I am sending your gifts this week. Oh, how wonderful. I can't wait to see it. How many rainbows? How many rainbows are you going to put on that friggin' shirt? Uh, there's no rainbows this year. Wow, figure that one out. I, I, I have a feeling the heckler are will you? be on it. So I have a feeling. Um, actually, no. Oh. I interested. know. I I'm, mixed it up. I'm interested to see what it is. Well, I know there's going to be a cat on it because you always have a cat on it. So. Uh, no, actually, no cat this year. Either. Oh my god, I can't wait well, for this. This is quite right, a there surprise. Is an animal on there. there is another animal. A unicorn. Uh, well, there's always a unicorn. You can't uh, not have a unicorn. Yeah, if it's not a cat, it's a unicorn with this guy. What the hell is with you with unicorns? They're wonderful. Uh, how do you not love them? Not, I, they don't exist. That's how I'll have something that doesn't exist. If I had... Oh, God. If I was in the NFL, I'd have unicorn cleats. Totally. 
you are a pain in the ass. You know that? You really are. Yeah. Thank well, you, Snug. Anyway, I, are you I'm sending me you, you sending here. me cookies and candy too, like you did last year? No, I keep those for me. I figured. I want the cupcakes. Well, you gave man. most of the cookies to me. <laughs> I did. So what's in it for me if I send you the cupcakes? Ah, uh, I, I, I do owe you a gift. I owe you two gifts. So I'm going to send you, I promise you, I'm sending you something this year. And I'm going to have it made, too. I'm going to have it made Ooh, just like, like you. Just like you. I'm going to have something made just for you. But I make them for you myself. And by the way, so by the way, if I love. send it to you, I want you to take a picture on social media and send it to us. Oh, of course. I wouldn't think of not doing it. All right. So that's the bet. Is it like a bikini top or something? I'm sorry? No. No. Okay. All right. Thanks, Snug. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a fine evening. Snug the Cat from Sacramento, another fan of ours who likes to call the shows and um, depress me even more. So thank you. Anyways, uh, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Steve, thank you for coming in and, and come and check out the show. Oh, really appreciate I, I appreciate you uh, inviting me, man. Absolutely. This was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and we might have you on more often. So I'm very happy to, to have you here and helping us out. Mike, uh, Mike, of course, thank you for joining the show, uh, even though sometimes you're in your own little world. Well, you did a lot of talking today, so I, yeah. I was just listening. I, I got really angry today. I, it's a, for something, these, these segments, they, they, they tick me off. They really do. I, I just, sports right now is just, it's annoying. Is that is that the best word for it? It's Why annoying. Is it annoying. Because every time I me I I can honestly say in the eleven weeks of football I've watched one full game of football all season. This is coming from me, who's a huge NFL fan who watches football. I watch all the clips of the games in fifteen minutes. I I I, I paid for that, so I watch all the games and I get all the information I get from just watching those clips. What bothers me about sports right now is not because my team stink, because they always stink. Besides the Yankees, my team stink, and the Islanders, my team stink. And the Islanders started winning since Barry Trotz came to the team. And by the way, shout out to the New York Islanders coming back from a 3-0 deficit over the weekend. Barry Trotz is going to win Coach of the Year this year, and this team has an opportunity to win finally. I believe that this team this year, if they make a move at the trade down, which I believe they will. Need to. They will. They will make a trade at the deadline to add an offensive player to help them out. This is the year I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to win the Metropolitan Division. I absolutely believe it. Wow. I really believe it. I really do believe it. I think there's a lot of good teams in the Metropolitan Division in a a top top hash. There's just something about this team this year. It's something about it. Last year you, you saw glimpses of it, but this year I just think. I just think that they have something this year. I think they really do believe. And I, even with the, the, the goaltending, everybody thought it was going to be a lackluster goaltending duo this year. They've been very good. Grice has looked unbelievable. Grice has been one of the best goalies in the league. But it's, thank God they, got, they have Lou Amarello and Barry Trotz. And now they're in the second Mike year loves together. So. Mike's in love. Mike, when Mike heard Barry Trotz was going to sign with the Islanders, and uh, Lou Lamarello was taking, you know, taking over the team before Barry Trotz, Mike came in and says, this is when it's going to change. This is when it's going to change. That's what he said. So he's, he's right. So far it has. He's right. I, I'll give him credit. When on organizations that. stink, you need to clean it out and bring in professionalism, and that's down the day. You've got to thank obviously, Malkin for that. Obviously. Who? Malkin for yes, that. Yes, correct. Obviously, you know, other New York teams haven't taken note on that. Mm-hmm. You've got to clean it all out and bring in professional winners. 
It's the Yankees and Islanders. That's it. That's it. Right now, that's it. It's real simple. When you keep when you keep you know going through the garbage pile of retreads, you're not doing anything. The only thing you're doing is fooling the fan base. And and I'm not gonna lie, fan base for most of these sports teams are really dumb anyway. So. You're probably right, and that's the problem with, with sports right now. It's getting annoying because you listen to the fans on social media, and social media, has, as much as everybody thinks it's helped sports, it's ruined sports. It's ruined it because now you have people talking about stuff that makes no sense. They don't have, have any idea what they're talking about on social media, and then you, you cause a ruckus where you're going back and forth in transition telling you what the hell are you talking about, and then... <laughs> Mikey sees ty- entire Twitter existence. <laughs> I mean, what the hell's going on? I mean, I, I love Tyler. Listen, Speed, I only tell the truth, man. Oh, God. Your truth. I just tell it Tyler Mothball Harrison is an idiot, okay? That's all I'm going to say, and I, I, I love the kid. He is an idiot, all right? Like, honestly, let's bring up the Mets. Does, does Carlos Beltran really move the needle? No. He's the best guy no. after Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Girardi. He was the best no. guy on that list. No. No. Who was better than – besides Joe Girardi, who was better on that list? Honestly, that was a crappy list. The, the list, they're all, they're all have no experience. I, I understand that, but I'm saying that's not going to work. It's but, not going to work. But how much does, a, does a, a manager really do in baseball, though? A lot. Bullpen-wise. I want to see, see what Beltran does There's the no experience right now. None. So what are you going on? Your knowledge of the game? Listen, I mean, a lot of people have knowledge of the game. What yeah, makes but, you so special? But Aaron Boone didn't have any experience. And he, he has knowledge of the game. Wait, wait, that's, see, oh, that's, so does, the whole thing with Aaron Boone is the Yankees were already set up. Right. They already have a team set up. Yeah, but for, as much as you're set up, you don't win back-to-back 100-game seasons, 100-win seasons, and say, oh, they had a good team. I can go right now and look at teams right now that have good teams, a.k.a. the Boston Red Sox, and they have a good team. Okay, They have a good team. It's practically the same team. They just lost one player in the offseason, one big name in Kimbrell. And you went into the season, and you were supposed to have the pitching staff. You have the, the lineup. They stunk it up. They didn't win 100 games this year. So say what you want about Aaron Boone, and I'm so sick and tired. I, I'm so sick and tired of some of the guys on this network taking shots at Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone should have won the manager of the year. He should have won. He got, you know he, he got robbed. He got robbed. Because they don't like the Yankees managers. Don't you know, so. they, they don't like him. They don't like him. Joe I Girardi, think before for years, the season started, the Yankees were predicated to win regardless of injuries. Not 100 because games. Because of how deep their roster and farm system was. What were they, they expected to win this year before the season? I think 98 wins. 90, 97. They won Same 100. shit. They won, 100, one. they won 103. Oh, so they, they won. They won 103 with 32 big injuries. They won six that, games. He should have won hands down. Hands down in that division. He got robbed, and I'll tell you this right now. It is what it is. It's just, it's just the manager. Yeah, who cares? But you want to know something? The fact is, it was, it's very impressive what Aaron Boone has done. Say what you want. Never managed in his life. Never managed in, 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 in the minor leagues. He, he was an analyst, and he was a player. It's, it's pretty impressive. So Tyler, Mike, Matty Caps, I don't give a crap what these guys say. Because name me, tell me. Tell me in the last 20 years, how many managers have won back-to-back years with 100 or more wins? Two? Three? That's it. Can, Our, you, can, can you honestly sit there and say the American League is not as strong as it used to be? That's true. But I can say that about the National League, too. 
National League isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah, but the National League doesn't have the DH. The problem with where the, most American League teams, their DH they will soon. Is a right, very they will soon. The they pure will DH soon. is also still going away, though, too. Yep. And it, it, it is ones. transitioning now. Right. The National League will have a DH when the CBAs change. Uh, it, it's already happening. So it's going to happen. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. one 877 Guys, follow us on our website. Go to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Periscope, Twitter is together. Instagram, follow us, guys. We're going to Facebook, uh, Snapchat, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Um, what's the other one? What's the other platform? Um, on TV. No, not on TV. I took us Sirius off of that. Serious Radio? Serious Radio. Well, we're not on Serious Radio. I took, I took us off of that, too. I, I didn't like that. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't like the, the platforms that those were. We're also on um, Spotify. We're also on Spotify. So you can follow us all over the place on social medias. We're working on an app. It should be done soon. Hopefully, it'll be a Christmas present for me because I've been waiting for this for the last two months. And it, it's, you know, Apple's really being a pain in the ass. So... <laughs> Um, so uh, shout out when that happens it's going to really change everything for us it's going to change the whole picture dynamic for us me and Mike have been waiting for this for a very very long time so we're very excited and I'm, I'm very excited to announce that that's, this is going to happen soon so I'm very excited uh, new shows Maddie Caps and Kate are going to be doing their show for the first time this week together uh, we have some new shows coming up uh, we have Eric coming in for Tyler the home stretch we're going to have some new talent over there we're going to have some other new shows coming, a betting show coming up on our network. There's a lot of sh- stuff coming up. We're going to have a hockey show coming in. So there's a lot of things coming up and a lot of good things going on. So, um, again, we'll be back next week. Down to the wire, me, Mike, and Speedy, the ass Petey. He will be here as well, uh, managing and working the board over there and being the Washington Redskins hype man forever. That's it for our show. We will be back next week. I will see you Thursday. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.